0: Welcome to the Retro Renegade's Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce
1: with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this
2: is news to you.
1: Of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour, I am Mikey. I'm Corey, and uh, we're here to kind of kickstart the uh, the Halloween season. Mm -hmm. It's you know it's October. It's October, and we're happy about it. It, Yeah, yeah, it will be October. Will 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 be October when this is released? Probably, or the week before. I don't know. No, I think it will be. I think it'll be. uh, Yeah, today is the first of October. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Today's the first one. Happy October! Happy October, everyone! We're gonna kick this off in style. Um, and, and you know we we put a little teaser at the beginning of this, so you, you probably think you know what this is about. So, when we think about, oh, let's see, like the, the Mount Rushmore of horror, you know, figures, like characters, the big four, the big four. Who would you, who would you say are are your big four? My big four: Jason, yeah, Leatherface, yeah, Candyman. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. And Freddy. Okay, that's not where I thought you would go with with your fourth. Three of them the same for me. Who was, who did you, who did you think my fourth was? Another one was going to be. I thought you were going to say Michael Myers. I never. I was never big into Michael Myers. Me either. Most people, they go for Jason, Freddy, Michael, and then there's kind of a wild card out there. Usually it's Leatherface. Yeah. Um, mine, Jason, Freddy, Leatherface. I put Pinhead on mine. Pin, you know what? Pinhead would I could probably, Pinhead would be my alternate. Yeah, with Candyman, just Candyman's, you know, he's not your typical slasher guy. He's a great choice though, and I like his story. But you know, when you think of of sequels, you know, these other ones have had how many sequels? You know, oh, Candyman's yeah. had what three or four sequels and a remake. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I mean, he's yeah, he's up there. You know where he could. You know, I, I wouldn't think that someone that's just like a one-off or, or a two-movie thing. Well, be then you a, had, you had the, the, the Hellraiser series, which you had, like, the, the original three. Yeah. And then, you know, times fell hard on Pinhead. He gained a lot of weight. Well, I think there's like ten of them now. Ten? Then, yeah. So, the, uh, like, the first eight, I think, or seven or eight, it's still Doug Bradley. Yeah, and then that's when uh, the other guy stepped in there. And then there, I thought there was another one that came in after him. There was. There wasn't. They got. They got rid of fat faced pinhead. Yep. There was the 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 the, uh, the, the heavier pinhead. It's kind of like under Yes. Yes.
3: But then there <laughs> was one this. After a, after was him. this
1: a McMahon movie? <laughs> <laughs> there's one after him, and uh, uh, the, the uh, Hellraiser uh, uh, Judgment, I think it's called. Is that oh is that the one where it takes place in a house? Uh, Judgment and is is the, the it's like newest. it's like the portal between heaven and hell, and Pinhead the angels end up turning Pinhead back to human. No, 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 that was earlier in the series. That movie sucked. Yeah, I don't remember which one that was, but he did uh, rip apart an angel though. Yeah, yeah. the The most recent one was actually good. It was the one where they uh, basically Pinhead resides over a court where they are judging people. Oh, nice. On uh, whether they're they're worthy enough to be in hell, basically. Or if they should be in hell or whatever. I only watched it twice, so I don't really remember it. Uh, but it was good. I yeah. enjoyed that one. It was one before that Revelations that had the uh, the, the the big boned pinhead, shall we say. The big boned pinhead. Yeah, the big boned pinhead. The the the, the full figured pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> he he didn't use a fork when he ate cake, he just pulled the pins out of his face. <laughs> His face was so big he had to use knitting needles. <laughs> so but're we're, we're, not, we're not here talk about bit No, but you know, they are making a Hellraiser series. Are they? Yes, very nice. It's supposed to be like a sci-fi thing or one of the apps with HBO Max or some shit. Yeah, but yeah, that's supposed to be an ongoing series. But wait okay, when you look at other characters that had like a, a long series, Chucky? Chucky, had, Chucky a, had a hell of a long run. He's got a fucking series now too. Yeah, yeah. It, which somebody told me that it didn't look like it was gonna be that great. Uh, well, it hasn't started yet, so I can't I, tell. I know. But they just thought, like, from the the uh, concepts and stuff, they said it sounds like a dud. It's, it's well, it's the original voice. Oh, is it? Yep. Okay. And it looks like the original Chucky, not the remake that they just did with uh, Mark, Hamill Mark as the voice. That wasn't bad. That though. was a good. That was a good. Yeah. That wasn't I did bad. Like, um, but I think, I'm going to give it a chance, right? I keep, that's why I, I keep telling people, you know, they get pissed off that they're doing these remakes or they're they're taking this actor and, you know, make him this character. Right. I'm like, you know what, dude? You go with an open mind. If you go in pissed off, you're going to fucking hate it no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if you go in with an open mind and you think, like, especially like with the comic movies. I love the comic book movies. I know a lot of people fucking hate them, but I like them. If you go in and you think, okay, this is an alternate universe. Right. Okay, then it'll work. So that's why you have fucking... 75 different Batmans or four or five different um, Spider-Mans. Right. You know, different aspects of reality in the comic book universe. Yeah. So if you go into a a fucking movie series or a TV series thinking you're going to fucking hate it, of course you're going to hate it. But you go with an open mind, give it a chance, you might like it. Well, and something that, that I was told about these remakes, because I was really, really down when they remade Pet Cemetery. And I was I was down on it. I was shitting on it before it even came out, and then they said, "Well, uh, uh what's what's the, the guy that played Judd, um, John Lithgow?" Yeah. When they announced he was going to be Judd, I thought, "Well, wait a minute, I like him. John, I love John Lithgow. This this could be good. He goes he does good bol- on both sides of the aspect, of the
4: ratio. Yes,
1: good comedy and good horror and good horror." Um, I thought, "Okay, but this might be good." And then I went into it because somebody told me something. And it really stuck with me. Because the original Pet Cemetery is probably one of my top five favorite horror movies. Yeah. And I was pissed because I'm like, no, they're never going to match up to that. And they said, in your mind, because that is what you were used to. That's what you were introduced to. Mm -hmm. Think of how you felt when you first saw that. I go, yeah. And they go, now think of someone that wasn't alive during that time. They're going to go see the new one. They're going to have that same feeling going into it, and that's going to be their pit cemetery. Yep. And I said, oh, okay, I can I can get with that. I went with that open mind, watched the theater, actually I believe I saw it twice in the theater. No, no shit. And well, it's just like the, the it. Rob Zombie's going to remake The monsters. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with an open mind. I like his work. Some of it's kind of fucking out there. But also, he's got his wife as Lily. I'm still going to go in with an open mind. I, You know, Sherry Moon, you know, I love her to death. Uh-huh. Not my lily. As we're recording this, it's it. actually her fifty-first birthday. No shit. Today, yeah. No. Not 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 the first of October, but today while we're today, recording this. Right now. Yeah, right right now. Not the now week, the week before our first of October. Yeah, not while now while you're listening to this, but while, now while, while we're, we're recording this. Um, <laughs> Hear me now. And listen to me later. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to pump you, you up, and uh, I am happy to say that for nearly the first. Uh, Eight minutes of the show, we have been earning honey, honey money. money because we are completely off fucking topic. Well, you know, the speaking of honey money, the topic we got today yeah. tax place and actually in Ohio, in Ohio, where my buddy Flint lives. Yes, and where we get our honey money from. That's where we get our honey money. All from. of our honey money comes from Flint in Ohio. <laughs> it sounds like we're taking calls. Flint in Ohio, you're on the line. <laughs> you're on. What the do you got hours. to say today? Tell us what you want. We just have to start beeping. We, <laughs> because first of all, he probably he would probably say, "Would you two fucking idiots shut up?" Oh, <laughs> dude! he you, loves it. Would you quit talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, we'd probably get off topic. Then he would, he would actually steer us off topic, and cost himself money. Yeah, probably. That's that's what happens on the auctions. Yeah. So he would be costing himself money if he called. So he's never gonna call us. No, no, no. So. He will. He said he wanted to. He wanted to be on the show. Yeah. Well, we'll have him on the show sometime. Mm-hmm. That'd be a blast. That'd be a great show. We probably talk toys with him or something. That's exactly what we'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're gonna talk about one of the one of our Mount Rushmore characters, which is is uh, Freddy Krueger. And how old were you when you first saw Nightmare on Street? Oh fuck! I had, I had him at six. Really? Four or six, yeah, I was probably. What did it come out? Eighty four, eighty five. The very first one came out. Let me let me tell you. Um, it looks like it was released in eighty four. So I probably seen maybe the first or the third one. F- first. I was eight years old when this first one came out, but I saw the second one first. I'll so you. yeah. Yeah, which is kind of we'll get into talking about. It. That's probably a weird one for me to see first. Yeah, because uh, it was different. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. I mean, so, as, as different as the movies are, it was. It's the most years. different yeah. out of any of them. But we'll get into that as we talk. Let's just uh, first off, we'll talk about who we're talking about, uh, and that's that's Freddy Krueger. Now, your favorite childhood slasher. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, that's, he was, I had seen the, the, like, Friday the 13th and things like that. I'd seen a few of those. But this was, like, my slasher. Yeah, he was was one of the, he was, I I don't know, in my opinion, I think he was one of the main, or only, horror icon, I guess you want to call him, horror characters that made it to mainstream. Yeah, right, first before anybody else. You know, Jason was was everybody knew who Jason was, but Freddie had that personality. Freddie had personality. Jason didn't speak. No, so he never. He, he never. Very spoke. soft spoken person. Yeah, he yeah. spoke, but he, he spoke on, on his own terms. Well, he, he of, let like, his he's actions. Kinda like, he's kind of like Mister Ed. Yeah. He spoke when he wanted to. Yeah, he let his actions do his speaking. He did. Um. So. a horse was a course, of course, of course. <laughs> oh, Wilbur. So. Freddy Krueger was a... Uh, initially, we're going we're to talk about the initial incarnation of Freddy because he changed drastically later on. But he was a, a child killer mm-hmm. from Springwood, Ohio. Uh, used a, uh, a bladed leather glove that he had made in his boiler room to, uh, to kill his victims. And his victims, of course, all children. All children. Now, his backstory was... That he had been killing these kids, he had been he had been abducting them and killing them, and he got arrested, and they basically caught him red-handed. Yeah, they, they caught him in the act, and he went to uh, court. And no, this really isn't covered in the movie so much, but it was covered in one of the TV shows. He went to court, the arresting officer forgot to read him his rights. Oh crap! So he was it was a mistrial. And a and wrongful... Uh, uh, Didn't read him his Miranda rights. Did not read him his rights. So he was let go. And the uh, the parents of the victims all formed a mob and went after him. They found him in his boiler room, and they set him on fire yep. and killed him. Took him out, buried him in... This was supposed to take place like in the 60s or 70s. Yeah, I think it took place in the, in the 70s, I believe. Um, this part of it, at least. Late 70s. Yeah. Uh, they took him and they buried him in the junkyard. And, and I think they welded him in the trunk of a car, his his corpse. Okay. And that came that came up later on in the in, in, the, series. in the movies, yeah. Um, but he uh, he started going after the parents of the children that were still alive. And he started going after the uh, the the children. Yeah. Because those parents were in the mob that that helped kill him. So. Initially, it was he went after the officer that didn't read him his rights that arrested him. He went after his kids, which was Nancy. No, not not the, not initially. Okay. Um, the, it was in the uh, in the pilot of Freddy's Nightmares TV show, which was in '88. They told this backstory. Oh wow! Yeah, so you can't find that on TV. No, you, you can't, can't get, find it on Amazon or nothing. I think it's on YouTube. Is it? I think so. I've I've watched them. Um. But that pilot episode, it was uh, he didn't get rid of his rights, and the uh, the initial in the movie, I guess they said somebody forgot to sign the search warrant in the right place, so the evidence was thrown out. But this backstory makes a little more sense. Yeah, and he went he went after uh, the the arresting officers' kids. He, They said he had used an ice cream van to lure children close enough so he'd kidnap them and kill them. Didn't Gacy do that, too? Uh, Gacy was a, uh, a clown, and I don't know if he had an ice cream truck or not, but it makes sense. Gacy, yeah, Gacy was something else. But you had found something that said kind of how this character came to be in real life. Yeah. I. Uh, that was, what, uh, uh, L.A. Times? L.A. Times. Yeah. That's where Wes Craven found an article in L.A. Times about a... Let me find it again. About it a family who escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the United States. <laughs> he stated that they were fine, everything was fine for them, and then all of a sudden their young son was having very disturbing dreams. The kid told his parents that he was afraid to fall asleep. If he fell asleep, the thing chasing him would get him. So he would try to stay awake for days at a time. Craven mentioned that he finally fell asleep. His parents thought the crisis was over. They heard a a scream in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him in his room, he was dead. The boy died in the middle of a nightmare. Now this here says that there were several... A series of articles, and it was all stemming around that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had found many instances of victims that had had recurring nightmares and died in their sleep. So there was a, a string of these these cases. It was it was something. It was a, it was a lot of them in the seventies. Yeah, that it was a, a medical condition called Asian death syndrome. It was most people who were affected were. Southeast Asian descent residing in the United States. The victims. The kids of Elm Street. What, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Shut Whoa, up! That was weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a Nightmare on Elm Street trailer. Um, they were South. Oh, was it? South Asian descent or residing in the United States. The victims were suddenly screaming in their sleep and then would die. There's not much there is not much knowledge about the strange phenomenon. 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 But that's basically where he got his idea for the character. Now, the uh, original script did characterize him as a child molester because that was the worst thing that Wes Craven could think of. Yeah. And they kind right. of el- eliminated that whole aspect in the movie. They never, did. You never heard about it until the remake. Well, and the reason that, that they eliminated that, and he made him a child murderer instead, was because that there were a lot of very high highly publicized molestation cases in California around the time that they started making this movie. And he didn't want people to think, oh, he's cashing in on this misfortune of yeah. these kids. So he just he turned him into a murderer. And some other things that inspired the character. Uh, Wes Craven said there was a bully from his his high school, or from, from his youth. His from youth? His youth. There was a bully that... What, what is a youth? A youth. It's a youth, you know. Ute, 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 ute. Did you say youth? Youths. <laughs> <laughs> Youths. Uh, so there was a bully that part of that went into the character. Uh, there was a disfigured homeless man that had frightened him when he was 12 years old. And then there was a pop song in the 1970s called Dreamweaver.
2: Oh, Dreamweaver, I believe you can reach the moonlight.
1: Something like that. Hey. Wow, you're you're good.
2: Dreamweaver.
1: Okay, that's enough. I just play the song. I have
2: just closed. dream weave a train Try to take away my worries of today And leave tomorrow
1: So there's that. Um, Swing. Now when uh, That was in Wainsworth too. It was, it was. world's a great movie. It is okay. Yeah. Um so what Craven said about the uh, the disfigured uh, homeless man, he said he uh, he said there was a man that looked like Freddie that was walking on the sidewalk. So that's where he kind of started developing this character this character. He said the man sensed that somebody was looking at him and he stopped and turned around and looked right into Wes Craven's face. Scared the shit out of him so he jumped back into the shadows and he waited and he thought he heard him walk away so he stepped back up to the window and looked out and this guy was like looking right into the window and he was looking right at Wes Craven. Oh shit. And he like made it very clear that yes I'm looking at you then he walked towards the they were in an apartment. He walked towards the apartment's building's entrance and uh, he thought that, you know, he was coming into the building and then he said he heard him coming up the stairs and then they, so him and his brother, who was 10 years older, they got baseball bats so they went outside into the hallway and the guy was gone. Oh, shit. But they said they heard it. They saw him come through the door. They heard him walking in the hallway, but when they went out to get him, he was, it was gone. So that scared the shit out of him and... Yeah, beat this old homeless guy. Yeah, because he scared him. All right. So, throughout the the uh, the film series, they had that little song that we heard at the beginning of the yeah the episode here that would kind of uh, the prayer song clue you in to the fact that Freddie was coming, right? Or he that he was there, and it was the the tune of one two buckle my shoe. Yeah, but it's one two Freddie's coming for you. So that's just kind of a, you know, what went into the characterization. Now the appearance, they based him on uh, Count Dracula in Nosferatu, the Vampire, which was a, a 1979 movie. They based him on uh, Lon Chaney, and uh, they based it. They based kind of his the way he stood and the way he moved on uh, James Cagney. Oh, no shit. Yeah, James Cagney had a a specific way that he moved, and so they based him on James Cagney. Now, they generally would say, you know, that he had that knife glove on his hand, and he would always hide it until he was ready to kill. Yeah. And that was kind of accidental at first, but then they they, they liked it, so they carried it on to where he wouldn't show that glove until he was ready to, to intimidate somebody with it. He had a, a red and green sweater. Kind of looked like a Muppet. Kind of. A dark brown fedora. He had the glove. He had uh, baggy trousers. Brown in the original film changed to black. He had worn work boots because they wanted to show that he was a blue-collar background. And then he had the scarred face and no hair because of the, the you know, torching of him. Did you ever notice his hands weren't ever burnt? They were in some in some scenes and they weren't in other scenes. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know why. I uh, they made him more of a supernatural character because if he were to bleed, he didn't bleed red. It was dark, oily, was or it green. green. Yeah. If, if he was in the dream world, it was green. Otherwise, it was black. I. Uh, Except in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. It was red in that. Yes. Now, he always stayed in the shadows or, or low light just because they they were, I guess, trying to make up for the fact that they didn't really have an idea for what he was supposed to look like. Or what, so they kept him in the shadows. They wanted him to be more of a mystery yeah. in the first one. But otherwise, yeah, he was... One of the best scenes in that first one is when he, moved, he puts his arms out. And they keep growing. Oh, yeah. And starts running down that hallway. Yep. Now, one thing that we should touch on is the glove. Because in the pilots of the TV show, he had all kinds of different gloves. He had, like, gl- gloves with claws on the palm of it. He They showed that in, Fr- in um, Freddy's Dead, too. Yes, they, they showed all the different gloves that yep. he had. He had, like, gl- they had spikes on the knuckles. They had... Uh, Claws on the, the palm, but his his glove of choice was the razor. There was a razor knife. The way that he got uh, that West Crayton came up with that bladed glove. He was watching his cat claw the side of his couch one night. I know what that's like. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, that's a great idea for a weapon." So he, you know, kind of uh, kind of like the same way uh, that you know uh, Kevin Eastman came up with the idea for Shredder. Yeah, it just took a cheese grater. A cheese grater, right? Well. Part of the objective to doing that was he wanted to make this character memorable and he had seen that every character before that had been successful had a weapon that was associated with the character. That would have been Jason with his machete, yep. or Leatherface with his chainsaw. Or even Michael Myers with his butcher knife. Yeah, yeah. So they all had like something that associated directly with the character. So he thought, well, how about a glove. This glove with knives on it. What if they were chainsaw whore? Glo- what was it? A chainsaw glove. Oh, shit. That would have been cool. Instead of razors, it was little chainsaws? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be been cool. Well, the original script had the blades being crafted from uh, fishing knives. Which, yeah. That would make sense. Makes sense. Little filet knives. So, they wanted that to resemble something that someone would make. They wanted it to look homemade. So, they found these steak knives. They found different things. They finally made the, uh, the, the glove out of just stuff that they had. Yeah, and it worked. Um, so yeah, they wanted to just kind of look organic. They wanted to just look, you know. I mean, it was welded. The, the knives were welded to the metal tips. Yeah, there were bolts and shit. And yeah, that. it had wire, hang- wire going across the fingers. Yeah. The- so that that's the uh, you know the original glove. Well, I guess let's just jump into uh, the very first one. So it's come out and you know, right, one of the best death scenes. Yeah, in the very first one was fucking what's his name um the pirate guy the pirate guy yeah jack sparrow the pirate oh guy. johnny depp johnny depp best scene in the whole movie oh when he gets sucked into the water sucked into the water yes. b- oh no, yeah he gets sucked in and then all the and blood then shoots, yeah, out. shoots out but yeah yeah and i think he was in another scene he was shown inside the waterbed yeah um but yeah the blood all squirts that's yeah. where that's where he started his filming career it, that was his first movie yeah. i believe so, in 1984. It's been downhill since then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, he's really suffered since. Um, 1984, the original came out. Uh, they introduced some, you know, some different characters that I think took uh, Robert England from being kind of a character actor. I mean, he hadn't really done a whole lot except for V. He had just, fi- I think, he just finished V. I think so. Or V was still going on. It might still v went until going on. '86, because he was bouncing back and forth between the two. So. Uh, and, and V obviously he played the uh, uh, Willy the yeah. friendly alien um, and we're going to do a long episode on V okay. one of these days because we've we'll been talking about that for almost a year now yeah well, we're going to do it so maybe it, for the first maybe for the, Christmas, maybe the anniversary show yeah maybe we should do that so um a huge success it uh it cost 1.1 million dollars to make we made 57 million made 57 million that's a pretty good return yeah. And it's considered to be one of the greatest horror films ever made. And so the thing about it, uh, New Line Cinema, it was one of the very first films that they produced. It went absolutely crazy for them. So they called New Line Cinema the house that Freddie built. Yep. Now. It's not owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah. So basically, the idea is, uh, without a lot of build-up or explanation, these kids start having nightmares, and they find out that they're all having the same nightmare. Follows basically the classic horror movie trope that it's a bunch of teenagers. Sometimes they're home alone. Sometimes they're well. See, this was the thing: is the parents couldn't save them. No, they couldn't keep them. Keep them safe at all because it was happening while they were sleeping. While they were sleeping, so to keep them in their houses, all they wanted, they were still going to die regardless. Well, and and it's just started out that uh, Tina, she had like this dream, and then she had these slashes on her nightgown, and so she tells her friends at school, one of them being Nancy, mm-hmm. and, and this is before he had gotten all his strength back, or strength. Yeah, he was starting to come back. Yep, just starting to come back, and. So, Nancy is like, you know, kind of consoling her, while Tina's scared to stay home because her mother goes out of town. So, Nancy stays over to keep her company, and that's when the boys show up, and then they fall asleep. Yeah, her boyfriend was, uh, he was 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 hook and thrashing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that one, but it's a great movie, you should watch it. I should. There's a lot of movies I should watch. It's a skateboarding movie. Oh, I remember that. Okay, yeah. Well, so uh, Tina's boyfriend sees her thrashing around and. See, thrashing. She's like drug up the wall and. Oh, yeah. And, you she's remember the that? ceiling and everything yeah. else. And he's like, what the fuck? Because they were sleeping next to each other. Yes, they were in bed together and, and she's like, it's pulled out of bed and drug all up with ceiling and slashed up and shit. And that's one of the most intense scenes. Uh huh. That you know, up to that point, because before that, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you never saw any of the kills. They were all implied. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th, you didn't really, the first one, you didn't really see a lot of the kills. No. Uh, you, not, s- you, you saw them, but... Not until after the fact or yeah. later in the 80s. But, yeah, you would see the aftermath, but you wouldn't see it. This one, man, they were showing everything. And that way, the way that they did that, where the... the she was drug up the wall and was she, a spinning room. They had a spinning room. So only part of the room would spin, so the boyfriend's staying there watching and the room's spinning and they're dragging this girl all around oh, that had been and filming it, trip. you know. It was, yeah, it was, it was wild. So, they, uh, they you know, of course, they blamed the boyfriend, they, you know, framed him and all that because they couldn't explain it. Yep. Then everybody starts discovering that they are Well, then they, Freddie had killed him in the jail, hung him. Yeah, Freddie so, hung him. Made him look like he committed suicide. Yes, like so it basically it's just Freddie's going after these kids that live on Elm Street where he used to live. Who were the... Their parents were the ones who... who killed him. Killed him, yep. And Nancy's father was a cop. Yep. So he especially was wanting to get revenge on the cop because they arrested him. Yep. You know, and all that. So... Uh, they... Uh, they, you know, they're trying to explain their dreams and they go to a sleep disorder clinic and... That's when Nancy was able to pull his hat out, his hat out of the dream, so that kind and of and her hair turned white. Yes, yeah, she had that one stripe of hair. Yep. So they, that's how they kind of figured out that, that that she could maybe fight him, you know, somehow. Well, she was the only one that was able to fight him. Yeah. You know, I, uh, the original. I mean, there were like you said, there was some really really intense scenes that. Uh, that you've never seen in any other movie before. No, no, like the, the the girl in the body bag. When she came out, she was in that clear body bag. Yep, and she's calling Nancy's name. Yes. Tina, yeah, Tina. She was calling Nancy's name, and then Nancy gets up, because she's dreaming. She gets up and walks out of the class, and you see Tina being dragged down the hallway. Uh-huh. And was that... I'm trying to think if, if the first one was the one that had the janitor that looked like Freddy. Was in the same outfit? I think so. It might have been the first or the second one? Yeah. Yeah, but he had the hat and the and the, the sweater. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was during the dream. Yeah. So, they had different uh booby traps and stuff that she she set to catch him. And they were able to uh And
2: he always he, he could take a hit.
1: Oh yeah, he could take a lot of abuse. Well, they 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 captured him, they put him in the basement, set him on fire, and they uh Basically, they figured out that he was powered by the victim's fears, so they figured out if they weren't scared of him, they could fight him. Yeah. And which wasn't true. No, not not entirely not necessarily. True. No. So it kind of ended with. Uh, didn't he? He killed they, the mom. He killed the mom, and they got into the convertible. That and when, when the when the well top, he, when he I killed the mom. He jumped. Because when she brought him back into the to the real world, into the dream world, you see, he's on fire. You see the steps. He runs up the steps, and he jumps on the bed with the mom. Yes. And they both burn up. Yeah. Well, then Nancy sneaks. It's like the next day it was all a dream. Uh-huh. So she wakes up, and she's hanging out with her friends. And you can see it's all the, the, the I mean, if I remember right, the, the way the picture was, it was kind of like all fuzzy a little bit. Mm-hmm flare the light that was flared, yeah. And so the mom's standing there, she's waving at him. They get in the car, and the top goes up, and it's his it's a sweater, it's a sweater. Battered. And then Freddy's hand comes through the window and pulls the mom through that little tiny window, yeah. And that's the end of the movie, that's yeah. the end of the movie. So it was left a little open ended, yeah. Not sure if they're gonna have a sequel or not, but it was left a little open ended. So the first one, I mean, I think it was groundbreaking. Yeah, you know it was a new way for a slasher to kill somebody. Oh yeah, uh, it was a completely. I mean, p- people have had nightmares and been terrified of nightmares. You can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Now, what if that nightmare could kill you? Yep. I mean, kind of groundbreaking. I thought. Uh, was that what was your impression of that first? Because I, I remember, like I said, I saw the second one first, and then I went back and watched the first well, one. Well, like, my, my shit! Like I think, if I remember right. The first time I think where I actually sat down to watch Nightmare on Elm Street was with my brother and his friends. So it's me in a house full of teenagers, okay? Uh-huh. And I was probably, like I said, seven, six or seven or whatever. And my brother and I shared a room. So we all piled into this room afterwards. And I'm sleeping on the floor because, you know, my brother wouldn't let me sleep on the bed. <laughs> and I woke up and I swear to God, dude, I heard somebody sharpening claws. Oh, I'm sure. And so I just curled up next to the biggest kid in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and went back to sleep. But yeah, it scared the shit out of me. So I guess uh, I guess this uh, this bully that was at uh, West Craven School, his name was Fred Krueger. Oh no shit. Yeah, that's where they got the name. Um and in his movie they did before that, Last House on the Left, yeah, the villain's name was Krug. Oh wow. So he he. You used know, I, I there's a I thought they did a remake of that. Well, I think they did. I don't think I've ever seen the original. I've seen the original. I haven't seen the remake. Uh, the colored sweater was based on DC comic character Plastic Man. Really? That's what it says. Wow. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up. Cause Plastic Man. I don't remember him wearing a and colored sweater. The well, it was just it was just kind of based on it. Just that he had a sweater. The coloring, red and green was because uh, Wes Craven had read in Scientific American that red and green are the most clashing colors to the human retina. Really? Yeah. So he, and he didn't want his victim to be wearing a mask because everybody before that had, had a mask on. So he didn't want him to have a mask. He wanted him to be able to talk and express himself, but still look horrific, and that's why they had him being scarred, you know, just covered in scars yeah and which makes sense yeah so they uh, that's what they came up to they thought that using a sickle would be a good choice of a weapon but then they said no the glove the glove would be the best yeah I don't think a sickle would have worked no but I, I think that uh, everything about the first movie worked it was new it was different and it was scary yeah, it, it was terrifying. So, anything else about the first one that, that pops out in your mind? No, not that I can. Nothing I can really think of. I mean, I just he wasn't he wasn't the character that he ended up being later on. He was no completely different. The he he had his one liners, but they weren't funny or smart-ass. They were just haunting. Yeah, as as the series went on, I mean, even in the second one, I don't think he had a lot of comic. Not really. It wasn't until you know, the Dream World. The third one is where he started to be a smartass. Yeah. So, well, let's go to the second one. So, the second one was... Uh, it was called uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Freddy's Revenge. Freddy's Revenge. Now, what most people will say about this film is... They always bring up the... Uh, I guess the, the homosexual uh, undertones of the movie. Yeah. And... There's a very, very good documentary out there by uh, Mark Patton, who played the lead. He played Jesse in um, part two. He was not aware that that's where the movie was going because the movie was constantly being rewritten as they were filming. Oh, shit. They would continually add different scenes. And he said some of them didn't make sense. But that director like, Wes Craven, like, like was the, the part, part where Freddy just showed up at the party. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Well, it, it it just it was constantly rewritten, and he said he didn't put two and two together until it was well into production. Oh my god, this is where this is the direction they're going. Now was he was see you've watched this one probably more than I have. Yeah. Was Freddy possessing this kid? Yes. And so when you seen Freddy, it was actually him? He was possessing him. He was he was using uh, him as a vehicle to kill. Okay. Uh, so some of the times it would be Jesse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would be Freddy coming out of Jesse. Uh, sometimes it would be Jesse manifesting Freddy for for him. Yeah. Um, so this is where they were still trying to build the character and figure out which, which direction they wanted to go with him. Yes. The, and Wes Craven wasn't as involved with this one. I don't think he wrote it. Um, I don't. You know, he did not write it at all. Uh, it was just a, a sequel b- by other people. That's somebody he just gave them permission. Yeah, to do somebody it. else took took it and ran with it. And I'm surprised Robert England did it. Well, you know, y- you you don't know you didn't know that it was set up to be a franchise at this point. Yeah, it was just a sequel. Now, this movie basically destroyed Mark Patton's career. Yeah, because. Uh, Mark Patton was not out as being gay this movie outed him so he back in the 80s it was very taboo to be gay to be gay and so he lost work he was on a, uh, a soap opera he lost that he lost all these acting gigs because of this movie and that's what this documentary called Screen Queen is yeah. all about it, it is a fantastic documentary I saw it with Mark Patton there doing a Q&A. Oh, yeah, it was at the theater. It was right? at the theater here in town. And it was, it was almost heartbreaking to, to watch that and then listen to him tell the story. And I have, I have met him and spoke with him several times. Probably, probably a handful of times. Maybe maybe three times, I think, yeah, I've, I've seen him. Um, every time. Such a nice man. Just And very grateful that he has a fan base. Yeah. Um, because after this film and he lost all this work... He basically just retreated to Mexico. Oh, no shit. And he was living in a small village in Mexico, unaware that he had a cult-like following around That this movie was just blowing up. Yeah, uh, completely unaware of any popularity that he had. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until years later that they made a documentary about all of the films. Uh, It's called Never Sleep Again. Which is great. Amazing documentary. They contacted him and they said, we'd like to talk to you about this. And he goes, well, why? And I said, because you have a major part in this. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't know that. And they talked to him, and they took him out to a couple conventions. And he's like, holy shit, people want to meet me? People want my autograph? Oh, wow. Oh, my God, I, I never knew this. And that kind of breathed new life into his career. You know, He's done a few things since, but it, like... But, you know, he was, he was great in the movie. Like, he was amazing in the movie. And had it not been for the director... Rewriting it the way he did, I think it would have still been a great movie. Yeah. Now, and it's that one of my favorites, just because I maybe it's just a little too weird for me at the time. Yeah, it, it was a. It, like I said, this was the first one that I remember watching. Yeah. And it was uh, for a kid. It was very hard to understand some of it. Going back and watching it now, I can see. Oh, that's why it, it was controversial at the time. You know, now, not as controversial uh, for being, you know, having that, that homosexual theme. Yeah. Not as controversial now, but some of the things they did, yeah, they really exploited it. And to out somebody like that is wrong. So, I can I get that. It's one of my favorites. I mean, I, I would rank it probably... It's not my favorite one of the series, but it's right up there... You know, the, the first one and the second one are right up there. Not as my favorite, but yeah. it, you know, right up there with my favorites. I mean, I'll, I'll sit and watch it if it's on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shunning the movie at any, by any means at all, but it's just like I said, it's just not one of my favorites out of the entire series. Well, the reason that it is one of my favorites is they were trying to establish something that had it not been for the rewrites and the controversy surrounding it. This franchise could have just gone sky's the limit. Yeah. Because what they were establishing is that Freddie can possess someone. Freddie can use someone to do his bidding. Uh, you know, you've got the body, I've got the brain. So he was the mastermind behind I said, it.
2: said, Yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong.
1: My <laughs> partners said, Nobody would nail that along. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, it, did, it did spawn a pretty fun uh, Fresh, uh, print, fresh song. print song. And don't forget about. DJ Jazzy Jeff He died At the end he did die Spoiler alert He did die at the end of that song I'm your DJ now Princey <laughs> <laughs> But no It was that, that Focus on He can possess people You ever see that video For that song Oh yeah It's terrible Yeah It's not even, don't even It's it's not even Freddy Because they couldn't Get the rights for it They couldn't get it. the rights for it Yeah So they had somebody That kind of looked like Fred But it wasn't him Yeah did the Fat Boys do a song about Freddie, too? I don't think so. I thought they did. No. Well, we'll, that, was we'll just, that was disorderly. We'll figure it out. No, that was a great movie. That was a, uh, that's, that's funnier than shit. No, but they... Okay, they were establishing the fact that Freddie could possess people. Wes Craven used that concept in a different movie. Shocker. Oh, yeah. He used that concept that the villain could possess people uh, with uh, uh, Horace Pinkerton, where he possessed he started jumping he was electricity yeah which is a great movie and he could possess he possessed that little girl and she would start walking with a limp like yep. he did and then he jumped into somebody else so you would always see that person limping you knew that that was the killer but nobody else picked up on it so part two the the beginning first off scared the shit out of me because he's in that school bus oh yeah i rode, At the beginning yes i rode a bus so I'm thinking, oh fuck, this could happen to me. You know, my bus driver could, could just go nuts and drive off into the field somewhere, and pretty soon I'm going to be stuck on this fucking bus, and all the ground's going to crumble away from me. I was terrified of that. So it was effective. That's a great scene, though. Oh, yeah, it's an awesome scene. And the, the Man, this was before fucking special effects. Yeah, it was before or CGI. Before CGI. So yeah, they had to put this bus on a platform. Uh huh, and tilt it. Yep. So, I mean,. Amazing work, right? The it makes you wonder why movies now cost so much more when it's all done on a fucking laptop. Because you got to have somebody that knows how to do it. It doesn't take a billion dollars to have some guy do it. Right. That guy would be the richest fucking cat on the planet. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he'd probably... You know, if I had that much money, you know what I would do? I would build a rocket ship that look a dick. Right. Uh, you, you'd probably do that anyways. No, that guy fucking Amazon from Amazon did that. Yeah, he looked like the doctor. It looked like the Doctor Evil ship. Yeah, yeah, that's a giant. Look at that giant. Hey, Willie, <laughs> yeah, Willie. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure there's some honey money in there somewhere. Um, oh, well, speaking of giant dicks, I think. <laughs> I think it's time for Gene Simmons' break. (laughs) 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 Oh, for our boy, number two fan, Rex. So uh, we'll do do a little Gene Simmons' break right here.
5: My my, uh, biggest compliment and the biggest downfall is the me part of me. I actually think I'm all that. I know it.
3: That's my daddy.
1: And there we are. What a huge dick. Yeah. Love kiss. Love kiss. Gene Simmons. I hope you're feeling better. Dude. Yeah, I, I do. I do hope you feel. I think. I think. They, I think they're touring again. Are they? Yeah. I saw that uh, Paul Stanley was uh, talking about being on stage. And, and did you see uh, the video the other day? They did a meet and or? greet too, and I'm pretty sure they probably wouldn't do a meet and greet
3: if oh, they all had COVID. Yeah.
1: So I seen a video the other day. It was like they were doing pyro, and Paul Stanley stand there, and pyro fucking went off. Yeah. And his hair cut on fire. And just kept playing, and they fucking tried to put it out. And they ended up coming out with the fire extinguishers, and putting and him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't think he knew it was going on because it's all—it's it's just a fucking wig. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Wow. So no, that so part two, vastly different from part one. Yeah. None of the same characters really. And um, it didn't have any of the same, except for Freddie. Yeah. So. Almost like it took place in a different town. Yeah, and they exploited that later on in the series. It, it could take place in other towns. But, but he had the... Oh, well, he, that's the thing. Is, no, he couldn't leave the town unless it was his kid. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which was another weird thing, but... So, part two, I mean, they were trying to establish something. It didn't quite work. So much like they did with Halloween, where they had the first two were Michael Myers-centric. Then they went completely off the rails and did part three, which I love, of Halloween. It didn't hit. It didn't work. So they went back to the original. Yep. They went right back to the original idea. So I mean, anything else about part two that really sticks out for you? No, I mean, I mean, it was, it was so different. It was so, different. I mean, the the coach. I'm glad he died the way he did. Yeah, the, the coach was an ass. Yeah, I didn't like him at all, dude. Uh, I don't think we were supposed to. No, he, but that guy, that guy, he always plays some fucking asshole characters like that. Yeah, I mean, he's great at it. But yeah, he I think he ended up getting what slashed in the back in the shower. Uh huh. Yep, he got tied up with jump ropes and whipped yeah. with towels and. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they like the towels just came up, started of whipping him. An unseen assailant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, but it was just different and weird, and. But know, it's still a good movie. It, it's a good movie, yeah. I if, and if you watch it as a standalone or. Watch it as okay, they're going in a different direction, it's a good movie, yeah. but people didn't accept that and they didn't accept some of the, the uh, overtones of or the underlying story, the underlying plotline that they just didn't accept well, it. It was that also way. the mid 80s, and I mean, people weren't very accepting or very welcoming, not at all, of you know, the homosexual community, not at all, and so you could see it as an attack there, but. I don't know what the guy's... I mean, in, in the documentary Screen Queen, the guy basically, he avoids every question about why he wrote it the way he did. And he, he even said, I was getting pages of script as it went along, and then I would change them. So they were writing it as they were filming it. Which is terrible. Yeah, it's just not a good idea. They they were they just continually rewrote I it. Liked, I'd like to get Robert England's intake on that whole movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. He
1: thinks because. It was just it wasn't it wasn't the right character, or I guess the, it wasn't what you would expect out of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. No, not at all. And at first, Robert England wasn't even in it. It was a uh, it was one of the stuntmen, oh, really? one of the doubles. They had cast Robert England for a mask. They made that mask and put it on someone else. Well, he could not replicate the performance that Robert England did. Yeah, his walk was off. The posturing was off. Everything about it was off. So, Robert left because he wanted more money. Yeah. Um, and they didn't ask him back. And once they figured out that nobody could do it but Robert England, they gave him the pay raise. And then they brought him back. He is only on screen for 13 minutes. Yeah, that whole movie. Yeah, that whole movie. It was all, there would be a killing, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jesse would have the glove on. Yep. And so he realized he had done it. But the scene where his stomach rips open and Freddy crawls out of him, mm-hmm. that, one of the greatest scenes of that movie. Did he die in that movie? Um, I don't remember. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, um, huh. I have to watch that again. Yeah. I just got to watch them all. Well, it's, yeah, I think it says that he, uh, he 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 did he did survive on screen. Jesse did. Okay. Um but at the very end it's Jesse and his girlfriend, yep, and their friend are on the bus. They get him settled down and everything. You know, cuz Jesse has fought him back. Yeah. They get Jesse calmed down because, you know, he had all these nightmares, he was freaking out. They get him calmed down and they said it's over and then Freddie's arm bursts through his girlfriend's chest, and you hear the laugh and the bus takes off to the field. That's how the movie ends. That's right. So it just it's a big circle. So I mean great, great film, but just kinda weird to be in that genre, you know, in that in that area. I think. Yeah. Just just too weird. Yeah. So then we move on to part three. Dream Warriors. Part three is my favorite film of the whole franchise, uh, and I I think it has a lot to do with Dachan.
2: <laughs> We're the Dream Warriors. God
1: damn, you're just a songbird. Damn. I am. I heard the song. Yeah, I heard that song on Friday. Did you? Yeah. I you know I can remember seeing the posters for it, and the all of video. that. And the, the the music video. Freddie wakes up. He's like, "Who are those guys?" Yeah, yes. He <laughs> he's like in an alley. He's got a piece of paper. He's, on. he's all like, <laughs> he's all having a nightmare about yeah. Docking. <laughs> Who doesn't have nightmares about Docking? Oh, especially have you seen Don Docking lately? No. Oh my God, he can't sing. He's, oh. yeah, he's, he's uh, with Vince Neil, huh? Yeah, he may be worse. Oh fuck. Yeah, it was pretty rough. So, I, uh, Part Three, came out in '87. And it's they introduce all these new characters because all these kids are in the psych ward because they've all tried to commit suicide. Yep. Because of their dreams, and they bring in someone who has experience—a a therapist who has some experience. They bring back Nancy. It's Nancy, right? So they uh, they figure out that. All these kids that are at Weston Hills, the psychiatric hospital, they can all fight back if they can tap into their dream warrior persona. Yeah. So you find, first off. Was that the one where the kid turned into a wizard? Yes. Yes. And he's like, I don't believe in fairy
4: tales. Yes.
1: Ah! Mm-hmm. So it starts out with the kid that makes the puppets. He, yeah. He's, he's killed first. And he turns turned into a fucking puppet. He gets turned into a puppet where his veins get ripped out of his arms, and he's a marionette. Yep. he ends up falling to his death out, out of a window. But the kids can see that Freddy is being a puppet master, and then he cuts the cuts the, the strings. veins and he, and he falls. So that's when they had hot Patricia Arquette in there. Oh yes, when she was still good looking. Yeah, she still is. Oh, um, she's not. So <laughs> oh, she is. Um, so they maybe it's Roseanne I'm thinking of. Yeah. I, I like her, too, though. I like David, too. He's a good-looking guy. Uh, dude, I watched... Uh, that documentary about that, him? Oh, yes. That's amazing. You Cannot Kill David David. Yeah, get. that's great. That one. is a great... If you're, if you're into wrestling, that's an amazing... Did he have a heart attack or something? Yeah. Yeah, and he still wrestled. Yeah. Yeah, he like like later that day or later that week, he still wrestled. Yeah. Um, he's a fucking badass. Yeah, and, and he legit wants to be a wrestler. He's, he, he's upset at the way that... Uh, that he was portrayed in WCW. Oh, as a villain. Well, yeah. What uh, is he going against Diamond Dallas Page? Yeah. He, like, just, he, like tricked him. Yeah, and the, he said, you know, that was not good for the business. He went and he learned how to wrestle. Then he was, he's doing it because he loves to be a wrestler. Yeah. So they show all the things that it took for him to be a... Dude, we need to watch Ready Rumble again. That's the reason he was in WCW in the first I place. I know, because it, it was a WCW. It was a Ted Turner movie. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, that uh, David Arquette movie is amazing. With a triple cage. And Yeah. Uh, I want to say that is on Hulu. Hulu? Oh, I think okay. it's on Hulu That's yeah, a great one. So. Uh, he was the law man. Yeah, a little, little uh, honey money there, because we talked about David Arquette. <laughs> so. The Dream Warriors. Once they killed the puppeteer, which his little puppet came to life and everything. I mean, it was, that was. Yeah, that, that puppet was, was creepy. Yes, that was a great scene. Little Freddy puppet. Yes. Yes. Um, the uh, the Joey, the boy that doesn't speak. Yep. He gets uh, lashed to a bed by the the nurse. She comes in and tries to kiss him. Yeah. And her tongue comes out in his mouth, and it, then her tongue like ties him to the bed, and the mattress falls away, and it's like a pit of hell. That's him. right. And so they're trying to save Joey, but they can't because Joey's kind of in the dream world. Yep. And so the rest of them are all banding together and figuring out what their superpowers, for lack of a better term, are. Yeah. So you had uh, Kincaid. He was very strong. Um, also a very nice guy. That. Uh, Kincaid. Which uh, one was Ken, Ken Sagos plays him. Oh, he played... Oh, yeah. Rolling Kincaid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a
4: nice guy. Dude. He's super, super
1: nice guy. Um, so Kincaid is very strong. Uh, then you yeah. had... Uh, uh, the, the wizard, the wizard, will. yeah, Will. He's the. His a, name's Ira, Ira Hayden. Another very nice guy. I've talked to just about all the Dream Warriors. I've actually spoken to them. Oh, nice. Or or met them. All of them, extremely nice. Everybody that I have ever met from this film franchise, super super nice.
2: Oh yeah, that, dude, you, I mean, a lot of these
1: guys they didn't go off to do a lot of different things after these movies. No, so I mean, they're they're appreciative of their fans. Yeah, they're not they will, they're not that full of themselves. No, yeah, a lot of these fucking like, the actors are. So you had, um, uh, Taryn. Yeah. Who Taryn was the, uh, the punk. She was, you know. She was the one that was a weightlifter. Or no, no, she had the knives. She, yeah, she had the switchblades. And Freddie turned his hands into fucking, his, his claws into heroin. Yes, she, she was a drug addict. Yeah. That was kind of her, her weakness. Um, you had, uh, uh Philip, obviously, was the, the puppeteer. Um, but. Jennifer was, uh, uh, P- Penelope Sedro played her, and that was, she wanted to be an actress. Yeah. And so he drug her into the television and said his iconic line, do you remember the line when he, oh, when he pulled her into the TV? God, what did he say to her? Welcome to prime time, yes. bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's right, he's like. <coughs> yeah, and the TV turned into Freddy. Yeah, it was, his head came out the top. Yes. He had the antennas on his head. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, you had these, these kids that were... This is the one where turned into a giant worm, too, wasn't it? Yes, and he tried to... Uh, he actually tried to eat... Um, Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. So, they all banded together to fight. Well, a couple of them fell victim to Freddy. Like you said, uh, uh, Taryn with the, the... She don't look anything like she did before. Heroin right? needles. Yep. Um, and then uh, also um, Will, the, the, the wizard master... He was in a wheelchair, and he could walk. Yeah, in his dreams. That's right. Yeah, Freddy threw a wheel at, or wheelchair at him. He threw spice. a wheelchair, and he said, "I don't, I don't sit in that anymore." And uh, he's, you know, he said he's a wizard master. And that's when Freddy picked him up and gutted him. Um. But yeah, because he, he ran after him. Yeah, he blew up the wheelchair, and he's like, ah, with his lightning bolts or whatever. Out yeah, his hands. And, and that's what he said. I don't believe in fairy tales. Yeah. So, this is where you started to see Freddy have a personality, and he was a smart ass. and. His kids are fighting back, so he had several battles. I wonder if he's becoming a smartass because of all the kids' souls he was absorbing. It's possible. It's possible. Getting some of their personality. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. Now, I like this one. First of all, the soundtrack was amazing, like I said. Yeah. It was a different take again, because we're in the first one. Uh, Nancy fought back yep. and won, in the second one, Jesse fought back and kind of won. This one they fought back; they did win. Yeah. Some of them didn't ...died in the process, but they did win. They they were able to push Freddy back, and uh, they they used uh, holy water in this one. They put his they got his bones. They put them on his bones, but then the bones came back to life. And the bones came back to life and fought him. But did did the bones have the claw? The glove? They they had yeah they had something. I think they did have the claw. Yeah. Um, but they, they, you know, they they kind of figured out more of the backstory. They figured out they Which told, they they, her, they poured the holy water in his bones and, and buried they, him. But this is the one where they killed Nancy's dad. Yeah. Um, he came back and tried to help them, and and he ended up dying. But Nancy told the kids the story. It was my parents, it was your parents, they killed him, now he's back for revenge. He's after us. So that's where they kind of got more into that backstory. Yeah. Um that's where they found out that uh, he was his mother was uh, a nun. Yep. She was at the uh the psychiatric hospital. And she got she raped. was locked inside and she was raped by they said uh, ten thousand maniacs or that's 100 a hundred maniacs. Yeah, a th- thousand nurses. Thousand. Yeah. Ten thousand maniacs is a band. The 10,000 meters yeah, was a Very good band. I, yes I like that. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was like, yeah, because she got locked in after hours. Yeah, she was supposed to make her rounds and she got locked in over the weekend or something like that. So, um, this has hundreds, hundreds of mental patients. But the the, the spirit of... That's what you call Bukaki? bukkake. No, it was not bukkake. <laughs> <laughs> That's something different. <laughs> this, this was... This was uh, Fred Cockey. Fred Cockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Oh, God. Um, but the, the spirit of the nun came back and told some of the story as well. Yeah. Because they were talking, and they turned around to talk to her again, and she was gone. Then they found Amanda Kruger's grave. Um. So, part three. And she killed herself. She did. Yeah, she ended up killing herself. So, um, you know, part three, that is my favorite of the whole franchise, just because how groundbreaking it was showing, okay, we don't just have a final girl. Because that was the thing in all these movies. They had the final girl, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Friday the 13th had their final girl. Uh, and uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre had theirs. And Michael Myers, you know, Halloween had 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 theirs. And, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis was so throughout the last 40 years of movies. Yeah, she, she's been the final girl. So this one they had a whole band of kids that were the final kids that they brought back. So, anything about Part 3 that really sticks out to you? No, I mean, we got some of my favorite parts in it already. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it was, I mean, absolutely amazing. They, I think, used more uh, special effects. It was evolving, so they could do more. They could show more. They could do some more creative kills. And this is where they started getting those more creative kills that were specific to the victim. And see, who... Who did the special effects of these movies? It wasn't Savini stuff. No, it was not Savini. Was it Nicotero? Because he was doing horror shit back then too. No, these these guys, I really don't. Uh, I because
3: don't whoever they guys.
1: did, whoever they were, they were on top of their game. Peter Chesney was the the special effects lead. Uh, Kevin Yeager and Mark Shustrom. Mark Shustrom sounds familiar. I've heard that name. Yeah, he's uh, just says he's a special effects artist, and uh, Kevin Yeager was known for Freddy Krueger's makeup, and the Crypt Keeper. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he made the Crypt Keeper. Oh, buddy. So, which I, we'll, we'll talk about the Crypt Keeper uh, probably next week. Probably next week, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, like I said, they, they really kind of evolved the character and the idea of the fact that he... You know who I'd like to see redo Nightmare on Elm Street? Tim Burton. Tim Burton would... It would be weird. It would be super weird. Or even, even Rob Zombie. Yeah, would you pick up a would you Pick up a movie or two. Yeah, I can see that. Them classics. Yeah, I mean, people. We love his movies, but a lot of people don't. He, so they would be doomed from the start. In yeah, uh, you know, but I think I think it'd be great. Now, they, made they made a lot more hype around this movie because now it's established. This is going to be a franchise. Yeah, we're going to run with it. They even start setting up sequels in this one. Because the last one, there was no sequel set up. No. It was just very open-ended, but they didn't set anything up. The first one, they didn't really set anything up. No, it was just he wasn't officially dead. He was never or, dead. It just he always... Or never dead. Uh, dead he dead. was never done. He was never gone. Yeah. He was never truly beaten because he always got the last word, so to say. You know, the top of the car was his stripes. The school bus. He was in charge of the school bus again. So this one, they beat him. Yeah. And they were done, but they still set it up as a sequel, Um, because didn't at the end didn't he grab uh, the mother again, or something? He did something with uh, with uh, Arquette's mom, Patricia Arquette's mom. I don't remember. But so anyway, this is like movies we need to start. Why we need to watch over again? Yeah, and like, I mean, I mean, we can watch. They're on TV. You can find them. Oh, I have them all on DVD, too. Oh, yeah? You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, I, of course. This is the this is like a must-have. <laughs> yeah, One know of my favorite I've franchises. Never, I've, I've bought them in the past, but I've lost them in the past. Like, okay. let somebody borrow them and then never see them again. Oh, they never, well, they never show back up. Yeah. So, this is when they started. He kind of broke into mainstream. Yeah. It was around part three. He was in Mad Magazine. He was on the cover. They started making the... I uh, think he was on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, I think that was around this Rinderman time. Lennerman and Carson uh, or whoever. I think he was on Arsenio Hall, in character. Yeah. Um, They started doing comic books about him. Uh, they, you know, they, they really started... kids were getting costumes. Yeah, they started merchandising Freddy, yeah. which they hadn't really done before. So this film did pretty well for him, you know, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. It was a different reboot, and... It showed that kind of their sequels were going to have some some substance to them. Yeah. So after that, you know, they went on to continue, and this is part four, of the Dream Master. You said you you like this. One. This is one of my favorite ones. Like I said, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Now, this one they also um, they had, they had killed Nancy Thompson. Yeah. She died the last. She died in three. In three, they killed her. But she did. But reappear. I think it was like on accident too, wasn't it? Or Freddie? I do not think Freddie even actually meant to kill her. He did he, because she he found out she was leading the Dream Warriors. Oh, okay. So he did kill her, and she died in uh, Patricia Arquette's arms. Yeah, that's right. Um, but she reappeared in dreams. Um, now in part four, uh, Patricia Arquette did not return. I don't believe. No, she did not return because uh, Tuesday night took over the role of Kristen. Oh, yeah. And we also saw uh, uh, Roland Kincaid. He came back because he had survived the original. And Rodney Eastman, who was Joey. And Joey, his, his superpower was he didn't talk, but when he did, he shattered all the mirrors that yeah. Freddie was holding all the Dream Warriors in uh, when he finally yelled. So he he came back. He was killed off pretty early, in part four. But you also saw uh, Lisa Wilcox showed up as Alice, and Alice became kind of the the central figure in this one. Yeah. Um, this was the one that uh, Freddie turned the girl into the roach. That's a great scene. That's an awesome scene. She was the girl that was working out. Yes. And he fucking broke her arms. He broke her arms and he made her a roach. Yeah, and he squished the roach. Then he then he, he crushed squished it. Yeah, it was a matchbox. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it was like a roach motel. Yeah. Um Is and I think was this the one with the uh, the pizza scene? Yes. That scene was trippy. That was a great scene. That had to have been dude. That had to have been a huge special effect to me. Where they had all the faces in the meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, there was a lot of cool kills in this. And this came out in 88. And there were a lot of very interesting uh, scenes. You know, they, they showed the junkyard again. That's how they showed that he had been resurrected. And, you know, Joey uh, was watching MTV, and he fell asleep. He was killed that way. You know, in the MTV world. Yep. Um, Didn't he kill but, one of the DJs, too? Or the VJs? Yeah, I think so. Adam Murray or Mark, something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. one of the VJs got got killed. So, part five, he was just showing, look, I'm still in charge. I'm the Dream Master. This is, yeah, this is four. Or four, I mean. Yeah, I, I get confused. Part four, he, he showed, I'm still in charge. I'm the Dream Master. So, again, kind of... Character-specific kills. Yeah, you know, and he was even more of a smart ass in this one. This is when he was. It was more funny than anything. Yeah. From here on out, he's more funny than scary. He's, yeah, and that's. I think that's where a lot of people started to really like him. Yeah. Because he wasn't just. I'm going to fuck. I'm gonna fuck you up. It's like I want to have fun. Yeah. and Then fuck you up. Yeah. You know, the, he's doing it for his his own amusement. You could tell. And again, it went more from revenge to doing this for fun. Yeah. So, that one, they left it open ended again. In the very end, it's Alice and Dan, and they're on a date at the end. And Dan throws a coin into a water fountain, and Alice looks in, she sees Freddy's reflection looking back at her. Yep and then she just ignores it and when Isn't that was were sunglasses? I don't remember. Then I think he put on some sunglasses cuz it was like sunny out. Yeah, or something. But he she saw that reflection and then when her boyfriend said, "Well, what did you wish for?" she just kind of blew it off and they walked away. Yeah. That was it. They are just they walked away from the fountain. Um so I mean, very interesting continuation, I would say. I uh, they they kind of wanted it to be a little different. The initial thing was they wanted to do time travel within the dreams, and then that just kind of blew everything out of the water. That was Wes Craven's idea. Mm-hmm. They said, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. Then they went to the Dream Master idea and ran with it. Now, the time travel thing would have been interesting. but that'd been, Yeah, it would have been different. But you know, it, it was it just continued the the series. Uh, I guess I don't know if a time travel. out did on time travel, more of a flashback. Yeah, it was going to be like in a dream in the dream world. They're yeah. going to be able to time travel. It could have been cool. We'll never know because you can do anything you want to dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, but they they decided not to. Um, but yeah, yeah. Was, you know, they they did good. Uh, they couldn't put. Patricia Arquette, in because apparently she was unable to come back for some reason. Uh, she was like doing some other roles and she got more into like dramatic roles. Yeah. But they didn't want to pigeonhole her. Here. So she, here's our here, line <laughs> mm, Rick, you little mm. meatball. I love soul food. Bring me more. Shifts over to Freddy Krueger, brings her a slice of pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh... I mean, it was a good yeah, because uh, yeah, when he had the sunglasses, he was at the beach. Okay. And he brought the claws up like he was a shark. Yeah, oh, yes, I remember that. He was like,
0: Yeah, he, he was going through the sand.
1: Yeah, I remember that. And then he pops up out of the sand and puts the sunglasses on. Yeah. So, I mean... Not n- not the worst movie in the franchise. No. Um, not at all. But it was, you know... The first, I would say, the first four movies were solid. Yeah, I mean, you know, number five is a good one too, Drew Child. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we'll get into that here in just a moment, uh, because we need to take a break. Yeah, yeah, we've we we've, we've talked for quite some time here. We've talked well over an hour. So, the first four, I think, all of them pretty different from one another, mm-hmm. and they set the stage for what was to come. So. What are your opinions on the first four? First four, I love the first four. Yeah, first four. I mean they they're, they're they were um, cutting edge at their time. No pun intended. Yes, no, there's total pun intended. Yeah, on that. pun intended. Pun intended. But great. yeah, they were. I mean, they were great. I mean, it's still one of my favorite horror franchise movies. Oh yeah, of all time. I mean, it's one of the most successful, I feel. Yeah. So, I mean, we wouldn't have some of the movies we have today if we didn't have Freddy or oh. even just the twisted mind of Wes Craven right right because right. Wes Craven was awesome great I, mean, great he, he, I mean after he did the Nightmare on Elm Street films he wanted to do something else so he came out with Scream didn't care for, I liked the first one yep. it wasn't a horror movie no it was a thriller yeah yeah there was nothing supernatural about no. it. No, when you got down to the meat of it, it wasn't nothing. There was nothing really gory about it either.
3: No, no. I mean, they were. I mean, they
1: gutted um, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, which I was pissed about that. <laughs> but I mean, it just wasn't what I was expecting out of a West Craven movie. No, no. And he, he had done so many others. You know, like the like the Last House on the Left. He didn't he do? Uh, Did he do the thing? No, I don't think so. That was John Carpenter. Oh, it's John Carpenter. Uh, yeah, it was too mixed up. Uh, he did... Uh, uh, Hills Have Ice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those, with those being kind of the lead into Nightmare on Elm Street, he had a pretty good pedigree going into it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Scream had its own... It, it's got its own fan base. It's got its own fan base, too. I mean, but yeah. it's not what we grew up with. We, we were teenagers or in our 20s yeah. when Scream came out. Yeah, so it, it hit us a little different. Yeah. But, yeah, the first four... Very quotable, very iconic, and I think it gave us a good base. Now, what they did with it after that, man, kind of started going downhill. I mean, until you got point. you got forty years of Freddy so far, almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say thirty. Let's say thirty-five, thirty-six years of Krueger. I mean, that's a pretty good fucking run. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, you, I mean, you got the same thing with Leatherface and Michael Myers and Jason. I mean, but those are those those four stick out like we said before. Those are the four big ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're not going to go, you know, 35 years from now and think, oh, I want to talk about Ghostface.
4: Not our not our generation.
1: No. No. Ghostface would kick him the guy in the nuts. Yeah. Well, he, Ghostface cried when he got caught. He did. <laughs> yeah, that was your brother. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wheezy here. My mom's going to kill me. <laughs> so, okay, well, let's, uh, let's take a little break here. We'll listen to some commercials and... Uh, Probably some movie trailers. uh, After
5: these messages. We'll be right back.
0: Alright, we'll be right back.
3: And now, these messages...
2: This is my lawyer. How you doing? What's up, man?
5: Now, Mark, the terms of your Uncle Frederick's will state that you must spend one night in his uh, house in order to inherit his estate. Now, it is my duty as executor to ensure that you
2: fulfill his request. Do you mean all I have to do is spend one night here and the place is mine? No problem. No problem? Yo, let me ask you a question. Who is this Uncle Frederick anyway? Well, he's from a part of my family we never mentioned. I won't mention any of your family. (laughs) Yeah, let's just get this this gig over (laughs) with.
3: Playing at a flagship theater near you. Hey, I'm Mike Fantastic. I'm Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro
2: wrestling? Do you? And you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep,
1: on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts.
2: Ah, Jimmy! Will you stop wasting your time watching that garbage? You should be doing your homework. I
0: don't know what I... Hey, Junior, I got got something you can really sink your teeth into.
3: Calling all dream warriors, think you're brave enough to face Freddy? Well, now you can put your nightmare knowledge to the test and win money. You can win $250 a day. Just pick up your phone and dial 1-900-860-4-FRED. And you can challenge Freddy Krueger in the ultimate trivia game.
0: Hundreds of blood curdling
3: questions about all my films. Well, listen up, lunch meat. Call now and challenge Freddy in his trivia game to win cash. Well, little piggy, I might not get you now, but I'll get you in a Nightmare on Elm Street six. Two dollars the first minute, one dollar each additional minute. Callers under eighteen, get your parents' permission before you dial.
0: Mm, what a rush. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Deadtime stories. All brand new. Straight from my boiler room to your home. It's Freddy Krueger on your phone. So dial this number now, if you dare. Tell them Freddy sent you.
5: $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. The fedora was Wes's idea, but he'd been talked into maybe trying some other hats, and they had this box of hats. They were sitting on the floor, kind of uncomfortably, both of these grown men on this futon, and telling me to put on all these different hats. And I'm sitting there in the makeup, and I'm going, guys, please, the, the fedora's right. And they kept putting on like paperboy hats and baseball hats, and God, one hat looked like a pimp hat. I mean, he's like, what are you thinking, <laughs> you guys? And, and I, I think I said something to Wes, like, look, the fedora was your idea. And I said, "Look at I, I stood and showed my shadow on the wall with the hat, and how strong that silhouette was. And then I took the hat off, and 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 showed with the the baldness revealing the baldness, and how he could save that to the right time in the movie. And I kind of got my way. I remember being very envious of Johnny and Heather, their beauty, their youth, they had their whole careers ahead of them. I said, Hey, I can use that." That's a trick I can use for Freddy when I have to, you know, go after them in the film, when I have to muster something up. That can be my sense memory. That can be my little synapse, my little click into why I resent them. Hey, dude. What's up?
1: You know, I always thought that, like, Ram Man should have been a lot bigger because he was, like, ramming through walls. And he was just a little short dude. I, I wish he would have made Axe figure of that. You know, he'd make that. Huh? Slime Pick Customs. Huh? Well, Like, I love Captain Spaulding, but I wish that, like, he was a superhero. Dude. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. You know what? I kind of wish that they would have made, like, a a green radioactive slime He-Man that was all covered in goo. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs? What's that? Slime Pit Customs, they make custom action figures. Anything you want out of anything you want. So, like, Slime Pit Customs could just make the action figure of my dreams come true? Yeah. Could they make me into an action figure? Yes, absolutely. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook.
3: Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. Kill for me. And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block.
2: It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble! You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help!
0: Daddy can't help you now! There's something inside
2: him.
3: Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street.
2: Get out of here, Lisa! Just fight him!
3: Watch out for him. We'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. You are all my children now. Freddy's Revenge. (laughs) Did you know that we
1: have joined a brand new network no shit no shit it's the Sin Nation Sin Nation what the f- what is that Synergy Nation Network it's a group of podcasters that they just have real passion for what they're talking about and a love for podcasting and a lot of these guys are our friends a lot of them are our friends and some of our friends we just don't know yet yeah so if you want to check out some great shows go to Sin That's S-Y-N nation.net and see all of these awesome shows and sometimes they do supercasts where all the shows come together. That's actually really cool. It's great and you can check it out. Synnation.net guys. And we are back. So, welcome back. We we heard some we heard some Freddy shit we did. Yeah. Uh so that, you know, just leads us right into the continuation of the franchise of The Dream Child. The Dream Child Part 5, which that, I, you know, didn't make as much money as the other ones. It wasn't as popular. It it seemed like they were moving into cash grab territory. I think. Yeah. Um, in part five, they allude to the fact that uh, Alice, the one of the final kids from the last one, the last one, was now with child, and Freddie is using That's the fetus, which <laughs> to, is dreaming. Yeah, the fetus is dreaming. I don't know what fetus is dreaming about. Well, they, they dream it was this one was dreaming about Freddie. Um I mean they got nothing better to do sleep, I guess. Sleep and eat and shit. Shit. But you yeah, how know, do they shit in there? I don't I don't think know. they do. I'm not quite sure. I don't yeah, I'm not familiar with how, how that works. I think they, they do though. I think the butthole's the last thing to to pop out. The butthole's the last thing to <laughs> to to, uh, to be formed. formed. Yep. Really? You got your brain, your eyeballs, your mouth, your fingers. Did you tones, know the stomach? Your your lip skin and your butthole skin are basically the same thing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: mm-hmm.
1: Basically the same. <laughs> That's true. Kiss my butt. It's basically the same. Well, you know, your butthole does pucker up sometimes. It, yeah. Especially, uh, <laughs> you know. Taco days. And <laughs> <laughs> the bean burrito notch well, like night... Well, or like I experienced I was driving through the mountains, I'd never driven in the mountains and a fucking elk stepped out in front of me in the dark. Oh yeah, yeah I don't make your butthole my butthole puckered. I like, <laughs> because there were no guardrails either, so I couldn't see what was there. I knew that it was a pretty good drop off. Dude, oh speaking and of And I'm uh, like, I can't swerve. Speaking of butt your butthole puckery, um that store we stopped at yesterday, dude they had so much different fucking hot sauce. Oh really? Yeah, I was like, Oh man, I need to get some of this shit from Mikey. No, no. No, no. I have more respect for my anus than that. I don't. You you have no respect for my anus. Oh, speaking of, let's uh, let's have a little Gene Simmons break here. Oh, Gene Simmons break. Yeah, I think we have a clip that that talks about his butthole puckering. Oh, God. So, yeah, we'll we'll play that here. Do we really have a clip? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, here it goes.
0: <laughs> you know, I squeezed my butt really tight when I came in here, but who knew I was going to get another one.
1: And there we are. Yeah, there was a
0: <laughs> little clip about Gene Simmons'
1: uh, bowl. Gross. Uh, oh. so. Uh, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you Rex for that moment. Thank um, you Rex. We do appreciate that. Now, uh, Gene Simmons money is uh we're, you know, we, I'm sure Rex enjoyed the break, but uh we, it's, it's back to the grind, man. We yeah, got it, we're yeah. back to the grind. We yeah. got to double up on him. We got we got, got Gene Simmons breaks. So breaks as plural. Breaks, yeah, a couple of them. So, Got to figure out one for Flint now too. A, a Flint break. A Flint break. I mean, Honey Money's cool, but we need to do one for Flint. He needs to sponsor a break of some. But we'll figure something out by next week. So, the dream child, you know, he's haunting the uh, the fetus, and uh, basically using those dreams to kill people. Yeah. And manifest the fear and all of that. We we saw that you know using the uh, the, the the baby. And the dreams of the baby too. Didn't it turn into manifest. that little creepy ass kid who's in all them horror movies? Mm. He had like a, he was like in. Um, I thought he was in. Um, 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 um. He played Damien. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, I know who you're talking about. He was in the next night, the new nightmare. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. him in. Yeah, a Yeah, that can't. Creeps minute. me out, dude. Um, but you know, there's. For me, there's not a lot memorable about the dream child. No, I mean, other than he was using the, the kid as a portal. Yeah, and I mean, that was interesting. Um, this came out in '89. A blue light to realize, see, okay, this year, here's just some basic backstage shit. The, the film's general tone was much darker than the previous films. It's, I, you'd think it'd be more standout ish if it was darker. Yeah. The blue filter lighting technique is used in most of the scenes. It was one of the final slasher films released in the 1980s. Huh. So So it came out in August of 89. Yeah, yeah. August of 89. And it was kind of... I don't know. I, I think that they had to change it up because the old formula was very 80s. And they were moving into the 90s. Yeah. And just like we said last week, the... There was a very fine line between the 80s and the 90s where things just changed. It was about 89. Yeah. Things started to change. And in the 90s, it was vastly different. Well, this was the highest gross slasher film of 89. But it was also most negative reviews from critics. I, I could see that, though, because it the, the formula that they had set out was kind of tired by this point. Yeah.
4: They, they had had four very
1: successful films. And this one, they just kind of, meh, you know, it kind of fizzled. To me, it did. Uh, this is probably one of my least favorite of the whole, the whole uh, franchise. Yeah. So, they. I would actually probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it just, meh. They found his mother's remains, and that's what they used to defeat him in this one. They used his mom, his mom to defeat him. Yeah, they used his mom. With the the power of love. And they had the baby, but the baby was, Freddie was, was drawn out of the baby. Yeah. And basically absorbed by his mother. And then they had Alice had the baby that was named Jacob. So Amanda, the mom, sealed Freddie away in time. So that time aspect is coming back. Yeah. Um, But, again, they left it very open-ended because months later, they're having a picnic, and all of a sudden, there's some little girls jumping rope nearby, and they're singing the song. Yep. So they're just showing you, hey, it might not be over yet. You know, here's that little reminder that he's still around. He's still around. So, I mean, did this one hit for you? I mean, it really didn't hit for me. So there's no, one it's like I said it's like it goes with me the part 2. It's one that I'll still watch. Yeah. Just because it's got, you know, some good scenes in it. It's got some good comedies, one-liners in it. But then it's also got the slashers. Right. And it to me this one feels like a placeholder. They they wanted to continue, but they didn't quite know what to do, so they did this. Yeah. It's it doesn't stand it went out with the Dream Master, Dream Warriors and now the Dream, Dream Child. Child it's just to me a placeholder to say we want to do more with it we got to do something to keep it in the minds because to this point you know every year or two one was coming you know, they yeah. were coming out so and this was a placeholder for me so i mean there's not a lot i mean the the scene where he fed the, the girl to death oh yeah that was pretty cool he came out of the chef's the chef's fucking food in her mouth. a spoon. Yeah. So, I mean, that was cool. Um, but but yeah, other than that, not a lot, you know. Really stuck out for me. So, I don't know. Is it worth going on about, do you think? No, I mean, it's got a couple good scenes in it, but that's about it. So we'll go on to, uh, well, this is part six, but they didn't call it that. They simply called this Freddy's Dead," the final nightmare, which, which I think they were just doing the same thing with like what um, Friday the Thirteenth was doing. Yeah, because they they said Jason goes to hell. Um, well, they they had the they had Jason lives the the final chapter, the final chapter, which I think came out in the mid to late eighties. Yeah. So they were kind of keeping with that. Right, g- 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 same type of formula, I guess. But uh so the Final Nightmare came out and the Final Nightmare I thought was extreme comedy. Oh yeah, dude. It was they they had three um, they had the, the three kids, uh Spencer, who was a, a stoner, um an affluent stoner. That's Freddy's dead. That yeah, Freddie's yeah. dead. Carlos, who was uh physically abused by his mother to the point of becoming deaf in one ear and Tracy a tough girl who was abused by her father they decided to leave the uh, the shelter the youth shelter that they were in and run away to California the youth shelter It was a youth shelter now the one thing that in this did you know real quick Freddie's dead is not part seven no it would be part six no the final nightmare is is yeah yeah, i guess right yeah 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 yeah, sequentially it's part six yeah they didn't call it part six so one of my favorite scenes in this is where they uh they steal the van and they're you know they're they're uh driving in the van and the kids in the back, they're trying to figure out where they're at. And they keep driving around the same circle. Yep. And no matter which way they go, they're driving around the same circle. I'm like, look at the map. And he starts unfolding that map. And pretty soon the map is like the entire right inside. Side, yeah. And he goes, they said, what's the map say? And he looks and it says, you're fucked. Yep. And he goes, well, the map says we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny Depp. He's, he's there Spence is watching TV. Yeah. He said, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs Put it into a fucking frying pan Yes. Yeah. Any questions? Freddie comes up Grabs a pan Smacks him in the face Yeah It looks like a frying pan With an egg in it to me Yeah <laughs> The comedy was, was high um, Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold Tarble, Were in yeah. this movie And they're They're In that carnival scene Where there's no kids Yeah And they're like they're, Oh my god Children so he, had, he killed every kid He had killed every kid In the town Yeah And they hadn't seen kids So this is the one where uh, he defeats the kid with the hearing aid by making his hearing aid turn against him. Yep. And playing loud noises. And he drops it. a fucking Drops pin. the pins. And yeah. then he drops all of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, to the point where his, his ear explodes. Is this also the one where he, the kid was playing video games and he... Yeah, he's so like, he, you forgot the power glove. Yes, gloves. he had the power glove. Spencer, I think. Yeah. No. <coughs> it was Spencer. Mm-hmm. Because he's fucking... The kid got stoned. Yeah. And, and he, he went into watching, the TV. He starts watching Indigata Vita. Yeah. But then Freddy put him into a, a video game. Yeah. Because he was on the TV. And he's like, I got the power glove. He's like, oh, now I'm playing with power. This is where he becomes super Freddy, too. I think so. He's all—he's just a big dude to Freddy mask. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this was also the one that was in 3D. Yeah. And, and I almost bought them 3D glasses. You can still find them. Oh, yeah. They're still around. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I remember that uh, that they they pulled him into the real world. They this is was this one with Alice Cooper in it too? Yeah, Al's Alice Cooper, Cooper plays, his de- plays Freddy's dad. His stepdad. Yeah, and they kind of get into a little more of the backstory of why showed, he was he, he, the way he was. He took that man. he took that razor blade and stabbed him in the face with it. Uh-huh. So they, they showed how uh, he you know and they was, showed how he became he, he ended up uh, he murdered his wife. Murdered his wife, and then he told his daughters, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't tell anybody in either. our secret. Yep. And uh, he's like, but you did tell. Then they said that he was given the power to become immortal by the, the fire demons. Were they fire demons or the spirit demons? Well, they call them fi- the fiery demons. But they were, yeah, they were the dream demons. Yeah. Um, they gave him his power. And it was on that poster on the wall. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, um, the uh, doc. Yeah. Doc had that on his wall because he was all about... Learning how to control your dreams and everything. Yes. Yes. Uh, something we didn't mention about the Dream Warriors that I just, I just remembered. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. One of his first films. Yeah. Um, he was an orderly in it. So, I mean, the star power that's in these first, the first... Well, was it Lawrence Fishburne in Fast Times? I don't know. I thought he played the football player that, that he stole his car. I don't remember. Oh, man. He might have been. But, yeah, he was young. He was young, yeah. So... It was before he had that lazy eye... That's that's Forrest Whitaker. Whatever. <laughs> that's why they call it the Forrest Whitaker eye. Lawrence Fishburne, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne has a Forrest Whitaker eye. <laughs> okay, my mistake. He doesn't. He does not. No. No, he actually he played, he played, he was in the Superman movies too. He also he played Perry. He Perry was White. also in The Matrix. He was. Yeah. He was. That guy in The Matrix. Um, Devo. D- Neo? Neo, not Neo. That was that was what the other guy, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Morpheus, use Morpheus Mor- Morpheus, there you go. That was Devo. Whatever. De- de- what the f- Devo? He had to whip it. Whip it good. <laughs> Grab <that lip. laughs>
0: Kill the head whip.
1: Give the pastel slip. <laughs> Step on a crack.
0: <laughs>
1: Break your mama's back. Okay. Oh, that's enough of that. So I don't know, the the, the final nightmare was good. It was, it, like I said, it was more funny than anything. Yeah, he was a he. I think he was at the height of his smartass Freddy. He he never, it never got any better than that for being a smart-ass. Oh no, I don't think. No, he was really good in this one. So the the way the way they killed him was, uh, uh bomb pipe bomb. They pipe bombed him. Stuck like yeah. in his stomach. Yeah, his daughter, which was the the youth counselor. Yes. She ends up getting the claw. Uh-huh. And then she stabs him, kisses him, tells him happy Father's Day. Yep. and sticks a pipe sticks bomb in him. Sticks a his pipe stomach. bomb in him. Yeah, in his stomach. And then you see his, his he blows he blows up and you see his face come out and he was like, "Ah!" he's screaming. Yeah. And then the little spirit demons are like, <laughs> and, then they, and then they drag him away. Yeah. Now, we, what we didn't mention is our friend is in this movie. Leslie Dean. Leslie Dean. Yes. Um we'll have to make sure we tag her in this one. Yeah, she plays Tracy Swan. She was uh, a badass in this. She was a badass. She, like, beat him with a toaster? No, she beat him with a... It was iron. No, no, it, iron. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it was an iron or a toaster. I know, She, but she wraps a quarter around her hands, like, and and smacking him. him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dad, she oh. was a badass. Oh, yeah, her dad was a creep in that. And that, that was the thing. Freddie was her dad. Yeah. I mean, basically, was... She envisioned Freddie as her dad, or he sent her dad after her. Yeah. In her dreams. Um, but, yeah, she was, she was a badass. Now... I uh, she she come, she come floating down in the dream. She's like, "I told you I know how to do this." Yeah. Well, uh, she had auditioned for previous roles in the, in the other. she had been great in those. And ones. she would been great in those. She was great in this one. But when we love you, Leslie. Robert England directed uh 967 Evil. That's a great one too. She was in that. Yeah. And that's where he was like, "Whoa. We need yes. Yeah, that's kind kind of how she got in. Oh, nice. Yeah, she she had auditioned previously, but then she had acted for Robert England, and uh, she actually um, is the lead singer of a band now, yeah. Scary Cherry and the Bang Bangs, which fantastic, it's fucking band. awesome. They're amazing. Dude, we we went and saw them. We did. Yeah, that's, we where we, that's where we to where see them come back. That's where we met Leslie. Um, but yeah, yeah, Leslie, amazing person. We need to get her on the show one of these days. Yeah, we do. She'd be fun to talk to. I think she'd do it too. We talked to her on Facebook. Yeah. So I think she'd do it but so this one more comedy less horror yeah uh, but it's where a lot less gore too a lot less yeah. horror but I think that it was moving into that the 90s I mean it this come out like 91 yeah I think so um so it was moving into that you know kind of that area where there wasn't a slasher era. you know was, yeah, they, the slasher the the was done 80s. pretty much done 70s and 80s were the slasher yeah um now, if you remember, it was uh, in the beginning that kid woke up and he didn't know where he was. Yeah. He was the last surviving teenager. And he thought he was the kid. Yeah. He thought he was Freddie's son. He thought he was Freddie's son. son, yeah. And there were some cool scenes where like they ripped through the dream world there would be like his outline. Yeah. Where he ran through, it was like all dark and there's that little light. So they really pierced the veil between the dream world and the real world in this one. And Is it ever- you forgot where you came from kid yeah so i know where you're going Don't hey rubs his stomach he's got all the souls uh, he stomach. got all sto- the soles on his on his chest and stomach one of my favorite scenes in this is where he wakes up and he looks outside and his house is flying yeah and freddy comes by as the witch uh, yeah like from the wizard of oz yep. and so he's like he wakes up he's like oh he goes all right i'm not getting out of bed nothing's gonna get me out of this bed and he looks down at the end of his bed son on fire yeah. <laughs> and he's like fuck <laughs> and, and I just that cracked me up and that's the way they set the tone for this movie oh then well was it um, Freddy after he, he the kid fell asleep and they're in the van driving yeah and Freddy has him open up that parachute he flies through the top it of the van yep. and he, next thing you see it's, it's like a, watching a Looney Tunes cartoon and he was in an airplane he was in an airplane trying to escape and, that, and the parachute came out was that it yes okay um, well, in the re- reality, he blows out of the top of the van. Yeah. But, so then Freddie, next thing you see is he's pushing this big, giant rail of spikes. Yep. On, like, a, on a, like a, a fucking train wheels. Yeah. And he stops. He's, like, pushing it with his back. You know, he's, like, just having a hard time getting it. He gets done. He's like, whew. And then the next thing you see is the kid falls on that. He falls right on top of it. And he's got all these holes in his chest. Yeah. And he's like, ugh. And they fucking dies right there. Yeah, that was crazy. Dude. Yeah, like I said, there was more comedy because he pushed that thing and then he looked and he wasn't lined up, so he pushed it yeah. some more and he kept looking. Yeah, it, they, they really played up the the campiness of the Freddy character, which I, I appreciated that. You know, it was, it was funny. Yeah, and it's a this is a good installment, I think. I love this one. I, I yeah, I mean, um, if, if, especially if you were. I mean, like us, we were old enough to go see it, actually, in the theaters, in 3D. Yes. Because it told you when to put the glasses on. Well, they, the characters put the glasses yeah. on, and so you put them on. Very William Castle-like. Oh, yeah. Uh, with his his uh, antics, where, like, in 13 Ghosts, the original, yep. you'd have to put the glasses on and off. So, and, and there were cues on screen to do that. And these were, I mean, they were the blue and the red glasses, too, if I remember yep. right. Yep, So you had to make sure you had them on. You couldn't take them off and just see kind of a fuzzy screen. Everything was fucked up if you took them off. Yeah, it was all blurry. But that was only for certain scenes. They yeah. put them on, take them off. So I mean, it was it was cool. Um, I don't know this this was a this was good. I would say in the grand scheme of things, this might be in my top five. Oh yeah, you know, um, of of the nine movies that are in this franchise, I, I would say this isn't my top five. Uh, so, anything more about this one that you want to? No, I mean it's a, it's it's a great movie. I'm just fucking glad we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you don't really hear about this one. A lot of people don't talk about it. They no. Don't. People usually talk about the first three, and that's it. A lot of people bag on this one, though. Uh, yeah, they do, and I don't know why. No, because it's, it's a good movie. It was done well. It had a great cast. It, and it had it was, was a good ending to the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Because it, the, the next two are completely off the storyline. They are. They, they evolved a little, yeah. a little more. So... I don't know. It was it was good, um, as much as I am not a fan of part five. This one followed part five up well and kind of redeemed it. Yeah. To where it made sense because then it's you know his his kid, is, is the one that ends up being the final. And they and they they show like, like how everybody in this movie like all like the parents in this town. Yeah, they're all crazy. Yep, because they, they're all their kids got yeah. killed. They also left this one open-ended didn't uh, really follow it up but kind of mm-hmm. um, where he is in the sky and he says every town's got an Elm Street Yeah, because they're trying to escape the town and he's like no every town's She's got like, an this isn't Springwood Yeah, or Springville whatever the hell it's called yeah Springwood he's like every town has an Elm Street and he fucking pops up that sign out of the concrete yep. it's all bent up and uh-huh. shit yeah. so this one just continued it on left it wide open for whatever they wanted to do well, what they actually did was very different. new nightmare. The new nightmare. Which they made Freddy an ancient demon. hmm And they alluded to the fact that by showcasing him in the movies, you know, the previous six movies... They brought him to life. They brought him to life. And now he's haunting the cast, yeah. playing themselves. Except... So, uh, Heather Langkamp, yep. who played Nancy, she had a son in this movie. Played by Miko Hughes. Creepy is kid. Miko Hughes hot. was Gage in Pet Cemetery. That's right. So this was his follow-up to, I mean, he's done other little things, but this was his follow-up in horror. He's still creepy. I've, I've met him. He, to this day, he's still a little creepy. Dude. Um, So... Miko Hughes played a great part in this because to get to Heather, he was attacking her son. Yep. And the, so she's trying to figure out, this isn't real because this was just a movie I played. Because they were, they were talking, to, they were, Wes Craven said in this movie, that they were getting ready, they were making a new Freddy movie. Yep. Or a new Nightmare movie, so they had brought in a new claw, which was all bones. And it was animatronic. Yeah. And it came to life, and they're like, God damn it, you know, who's who's running that the who's robot? Running the machine, yeah. Who's running the machine? And nobody was. It like wasn't even plugged in or something. And he was like, What the hell? But it like jumped off the table and was running around. Scurried around. And this is the one where they showed that everyone that appeared in this film was from a previous you know, Nightmare movie. Nightmare movie. And they were all being haunted. Did they kill Robert England in this? Mm. I thought Freddie killed Robert. I don't remember if he did. I know that Robert was, like, painting a picture of Freddy. Yeah. And he was like, I have to go Something, my, So I'm really engrossed in my art. And he, like, hangs up and he's, like, painting a picture of Freddy. They were all obsessed with Freddy. And he was haunting the real actors. Yeah. So they really broke down that wall and said, okay, this is a movie about making a movie. But it's affecting all the people that are involved in the part movie. Of it, yeah. And Wes Craven was in this movie playing himself, and he was haunted. Uh, it, it, it was just a really different take on. It was it. a different aspect of, of the whole series. I mean, I liked it. I, I loved it. It was a it was different than anything. Yeah. that had been you know, it's like whoa, wait a minute, you know, if something becomes popular enough and becomes people think it's real, it could you know, it's a possibility. It could become real. Right, and that's what this was. And they didn't do it as, like, a copycat. You no. know, like this isn't someone that watched the movie. Because that's where they usually go with, with these horror movies. It's somebody watched it, and it's a copycat. Friday the 13th did it. Uh, the Human Centipede did it. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've they they've even made a movie called uh, uh, Beyond the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah. That was a movie about a copycat killer. Oh, that, yeah. That was making his own horror movie. Um, so... This one they went a completely different kind of avenue. I love the idea because I, whenever I've talked to some of these actors that have been in horror movies, actors and actresses, I'll always ask them, "Was there anything about making that movie that really creeped you out?" Sometimes they're like, "Oh hell yeah," and they'll tell you, you know, this this was this haunted me, yeah, or I had nightmares because of this scene, or well, like in, what's your what's your name from um, The Shining. Yeah, oh yeah, she had to go through therapy. Yeah. So it's uh you know, there's different there's different things that people find to be haunting about uh you know being in these horror movies. This movie exploited that idea yep. about okay, you're in something that is so messed up, and it's all movie magic. We know that because we make the movie magic. Yeah. We do that. But, you know, still with the stuff that we do, sometimes there's stuff that People are like, oh, you know, you put all that makeup on me and, oh, my God, it it freaked me out to see myself that messed up. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. And people think that we're fucked up sometimes because we do some of this stuff. A little bit. But we are a little bit. I mean, (laughs) you kind of have to be, you you can't be a normal square. And do special effects. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have something loose. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I spent a lot of time on Rotten.com when I was younger looking at all the gruesome death photos. And I never got on that page. That oh, should, man. That, that it was, should always disturb me. It, yeah, yeah, it disturbed me, too. That's why I am the way I am. Uh, it was it, Rotten.com. I, it's not around anymore, as far as I know. No. But, oh, my God, that was rough. And that was in the infancy of the Internet. Yes. And that's where I watched Faces of Death. And the next step was Rotten.com. And it was worse than anything that was on Faces of Death. It had everything. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. And now, you know, if if we're going to make a an effect... I seek out that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've got a whole book that our friend Benito made that is all actual wounds. I've got, I got a wound in that book. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah. Um, he, he took pictures of real wounds and the, the way they heal. And here's what it looks like if you're burned and you know, all these different injuries. Great idea. And Tom Savini was like very impressed with that book. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Because... Tom Savini was a photographer in Vietnam. So he saw all this death first. Yeah. That's where he got his ideas, ideas of, we're going to make this realistic looking. And that's where he got his ideas. So to have this book and basically a guidebook of, this is what the shit actually looks like. Brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've used it several times in research uh, as well as you know, looking shit up and getting a, a nice, healthy, uh, uh, internet search history that, uh, Will likely get me in trouble someday. Yeah. So, The New Nightmare. Pretty groundbreaking, I thought. I thought so. Um, good movie. And I remember seeing it and going, whoa, that's this is fucked up. It just, it, it introduced a whole new idea. And I've seen it used since then. But this was the first. Yeah. You know. So, it was good. Now, this next one. I can remember. I believe it was in the Electric Company magazine when I was in like the 4th or 5th grade. I think 4th grade. I was reading it. And it had said that New Line Cinema had acquired the rights to Jason Voorhees. And they were going to do a mashup of Jason and Freddy. This is still in the 80s. Yep. When they were talking about this, I vividly remember it. Cannot find height nor hair of that article anywhere. So it's very Mandela effect for me. Oh, shit. Because I remember they had a cartoon... Well, I remember us kids talking about it for years. Oh yeah, for years it, it was always a rumor. Like well, what you know, get Jason versus Freddy, Freddy right. versus Jason. Well, it was this fucking article was it, it said that they were going to do it, and I Freddy was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Yeah, that's never going to happen. No, that'd be still be cool. though. It would be cool, but uh, I I uh, I can remember reading that and seeing that, and it was a cartoon of Jason. Nose to nose with a cartoon of Freddy, and they said there's going to be. A, a Did cock? One guy said cock. The other guy said pussy. No, that was that was no fear. Oh, yeah, that was something different. <laughs> but so, Freddy versus Jason. This came out in, in 2003. So this thing has already lasted, you know, 20 years. 20 years, and this was the. uh this is the highest-grossing film. Th- this brought together the two franchises. Highest-grossing Friday the 13th film. Second-highest-grossing Nightmare on Elm Street film. Oh, nice. And this is also the last time that Robert Englund would appear as Freddy Krueger. In, on film. On film. I mean, film. He, I remember because he, he did it during the, what was it, the Spike Awards or the he, Scream Awards. Yeah, he came and they back. Only, and they only did two of those. Which yes. Which pissed me off because I love those. Yeah. I mean, it was like a big. It was a big fu to the Emmys. Yeah, to the Oscars. Because they they absolutely ignore horror movies. Yeah, there's been a couple. The Exorcist won won uh, an award. Um, there's been a couple others, but they but yeah, basically they need to bring back the Screw Awards or something. Yeah, somewhere something. To it. I mean, we could do it. But the, I don't think we could afford it. But we could do it. They did. <laughs> they did actually plan to do Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, but they scrapped it and they made it a comic book series, instead. which is awesome. But so this one, it shows that Freddy. Well, at the end of uh, at the end of Jason goes to hell. They have a scene where it's in the desert, and all the sand blows away, and Jason's mask is there, and it just sits there for a moment, and then Freddy's claw comes up through the sand and grabs it and drags it down, showing that freddie has taken jason tail yep fun fact about this so kane hodder he played jason, jason. in his four movies kane hodder also played leatherface in some stunt scenes in texas chainsaw part three i believe oh no shit kane hodder had, so he, he's portrayed jason and leatherface and that was his hand that was right. his hand so he technically Played Freddy Played Freddy as He's well played all three of them Yeah And there's There was something About him Doing something With Michael Myers So I I think he has been involved In all four Major franchises Oh nice I think I know three for sure But uh, So this one Did not have Kane Hodder <laughs> As Jason No it was uh, it, it was a uh, What the hell was his name Ken, Ken Kurtzinger that bull, he's the big bald guy. No, right? no, no, that's uh, that's uh, Derek Mears. Oh, he, and played he was Jason. Jason in the reboot, but this is Ken Kurzinger. and he uh, he played, he played Jason. The idea of this is Freddy is powerless because he's in hell, so and the kids have forgotten about him, yep, because they have been using Hypnosil to suppress their dreams, and this is the one where. He enlists Jason to start killing again. He wakes him up as his mom. Yeah, he portrays his mom and says, "You need to start killing again and make Jason, him remember me." They
5: forgot about me, Jason.
1: Yeah, so he was also in Thirteen Ghosts. Who? The guy who played Jason. Oh, really? Yeah. Who did he play? Let's see here. Uh, Not sure. Um, Station stunt performer. Oh, he, yeah, he was a stuntman. Yeah. So, Jason starts killing. They bring Freddy's name back up. He starts being able to manifest himself, but he can't kill anybody. Yeah, because he he's tries. Strong enough. He tries, and he misses. He's like, Fred Krueger, you don't never say that name. Yeah. But he tries, he, Like his shadow takes a slash at that kid, and he's like, I'm okay. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not strong enough, but I will be. So that's where... They figure out that the dad has been dosing his daughter with this cell. The boys escape from the 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 psych ward. The psych ward, yeah. And they come back to to see her. Uh, Monica uh, Kina is in this. You never knew that Crystal Lake was so close to Smallville or Springville. No. Springwood. Springwood. Smallville's where Superman's from. It's on the other side of the lake. It is. Yeah. Um, But Monica Kina was in this as as Lori. She was the, the, the lead. She's so hot. Yes, I like her. Oh my god! Um, they said Kelly Rowland in it. Um, she was in. Uh, she was in a, a singing group. Kelly Rowland, Destiny's Child, maybe? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, Catherine Isabel, who was in Ginger Snaps. Yep. She was also American Mary, which is a great fucking movie. I don't know if you've seen that or not. American Mary? No, I haven't oh, watched that's that. That's great. One. Yeah, I need to watch that. That's one where she learns how to do plastic surgery and yep. she fucks some people up. Yeah. Uh, that was directed by the uh, the Silska twins okay yeah very very good movie but this one I mean it kind of reintroduced the legend of Freddy and kind of uh, if you if you hadn't seen the other ones but you knew who Freddy was and you hadn't seen Friday the 13th but you knew who Jason was you could watch this and be introduced to both stories yeah they did a very good job of that again Freddy's a smart ass in this oh yeah um Freddie uh, Freddie uh, eventually he gain he gets powerful enough but Jason won't quit killing yeah he's like how do I stop you so he battles him he tries to kill Jason but he won't die he got yeah, he, he, they he get, smashed him with a boiler yeah he smashed with all kinds of stuff and he just can't get him to die so it becomes and then he gets into his head yeah, he he's he afraid of water. He figures out he's afraid of water, and Freddy's afraid of fire. Yep. So they used the two against it, and, and the kids even started to use the two against each mm-hmm. other. And they ended up sedating Jason, taking him back to Crystal Lake. Because and he, he almost killed Jason until I think they hit him, they gave him CPR. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was drowning him, and they gave him, in the dream world. Yeah. And they gave, him, they gave Jason CPR. And they brought him back to Crystal Lake, where he would be the most powerful. Yep. Let them fight. And while most of the kids ended up dying, a couple of them survived. But they left the end of it very wide open. Jason walks off with Freddy's head and Freddy winks at him. Freddy winks. So there's been this argument. Who won? Who do you think won? I think Jason won. Uh, See, I don't. Because he fucking ripped off Freddy's arm. And then he cut off his other arm with his own claw. Yeah, and they stabbed him with his own claw. Threw him in the water. Jason went in the water after him. And then the girl threw the machete in the. You uh, see them kung fu moves, Freddie was hitting with him. With, hitting him with. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah! I mean, it was it was they, the fight scenes were awesome. I don't. Know, I think Jason still won, but I mean, they left it too open ended. Yeah, because yeah. he walked off with his head, so he wasn't dead. So you know he's gonna put himself back together. Well, he were they in the dream world at that point? Uh uh-uh. uh Or was it? real Well, how do you know? Well, that's true, because Freddie winked. So it's like, yeah, he's got my head, but I can still get in. I can still get in the dreams. Yeah. So, you can't kill Freddy because he's already dead. So I mean, Freddy vs. Jason. I opened it up to a, a whole new audience, mm-hmm. but then they just kind of let it let it fizzle, fizzle away. They never they never did really anything with it except for the remake and the remake. So, 2010, they decided to do a remake. So there was no Robert England. Uh-uh. They kind of just rebooted the whole thing, and they told more of the backstory, and they made Ooh, more of the original, the original backstory, backstory. and they they made him they, they they made him into a molester, and it was that was too creepy for me. Yeah, I didn't like that part. Um, I they took away all of his humor, all of it. But, so well, I mean, that guy who played him, he's a great actor. I love him. He is. He is a good actor. I, I mean, I, I thought he, he didn't play a terrible Freddy. Jackie Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't play a bad Freddy. I just didn't like it. It wasn't our Freddy. Yeah. And this is one instance where I can't separate it and say, yeah. oh, it's for a new generation. Because they messed up an icon mm-hmm. that... This generation didn't need to be reintroduced to I don't me. think Wes Craven had anything to do with this one. I don't think so. Um, this was a Michael Bay thing. Oh, that explains it. Yeah. So, they just wanted to make it as terrifying as they could. And they... Michael Bay made this movie, and they still like let him make movies? Yeah. Uh, well, it was his production company. And they just wanted to... There's was a moneymaker. They had redone the Friday the 13th remake, and they just wanted to abandon everything that took away from the scare factor. They wanted it to be scary. And they said Freddy had become too much of a smartass. That's what made him Freddy. But that was what, yeah, that's what made him Freddy. So they took away his personality. Yeah. So to me, it's not a Freddy Because I mean, this one, he'd never, he didn't have any personality. He was just, I'm going to kill you, and this is why. It's going to hurt, and this is why. Um,. Yeah, they really. I don't know. They said that. I mean the 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 junkyard scene. When they were all chasing him, it was like a flashback. Yeah. And when they were all chasing him in that, you know, and then they set the building on fire because they couldn't get in. Right. He, he had, right. I think He had like a coat on, and he rips his coat off, and he's got the sweater on. Yep. Yeah, they. They tried to, to take the... What it says here, they they, uh, they tried to take the character, re, reimagine it, reimagine the, the original story. It was basically a reboot and a reimagining of part one. Yeah. They abandoned everything else about all the rest of the franchise and just redid it. And I did not care for it at all. They took... Everything that was fun about it away.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because the movies were fun. They were funny. They were quotable. Yeah, this one is not. No, it's not. Quotable. This one's not even that memorable to me. No, I, I mean I've seen it probably once or twice. I think I might even own it. But I used to own it. I got. I, I sold it because I just it didn't resonate with me. So they, it's not even part of the collection. No, it's not. It, it, if you buy a collection, it is not part mm-hmm. of it. So they said uh, Wes Craven said that they did not even consult him really? yeah so that's just a slap in the face yeah and he did not like the the new film um, part of the reason was that they didn't use Robert England
4: mm-hmm.
1: he probably um, didn't want to do it I don't blame him you know it just they had spent 20 years building this character and then all of a sudden they just throw everything that made the character the character, the character away yeah. and tried to redo it and it didn't work Um. So I mean, that's uh, didn't care for it. No, not that memorable. I can't even. I can remember watching it. I don't remember a lot about it. I remember bits and pieces about it, but just bits and pieces. That's about it. But it's not one of those movies I can turn on and talk. You know, act out the movie. No, not at all. Not at all. It wasn't not that memorable. No. Now, Robert England did have he pitched an idea for a continuation this would work and this would make it go on forever so Robert England said that it's already been established that Freddy can possess people yeah but it's also been established that Freddy can send your worst nightmare after you as evidenced by the dad yep. in, in uh, Freddy's Dead uh, as evidenced in part two where he possessed uh, Jesse he but he can send your worst fear, fear after, after you, you. So, what if each incarnation of your Freddy, everybody's is different? Yeah. What if it had a similar like red and white stripes? Was, oh, yeah. Was the red, theme. The red and green stripes. Or red and green stripes, yeah. That, that was the, the theme. Or the hat. Yeah. So, it might be, you know, your uncle that abused you. He might have a red and green t-shirt on with a ball cap, a dirty ball cap. Or it might be you know, a, a female with a red and green dress on, the, and that could be the re- that could be the identifying yeah. factor. But Freddy could be anybody. Or you can see the claw in the background. Or yeah, something. yes, just anything. You know, maybe they all use the claw. It could be anything. That's that's a good idea. That was his idea, and it, this Nightmare on Elm Street could go on forever. And they could even do away with the character Freddy, mm-hmm. or Freddy could be that dream demon that infects people. And sends them after you in your dreams. I mean, you could just... That'd be perfect. You wouldn't even have to have Robert England even do it. I mean, you could have him do it, but just have him, say, at the beginning, mm-hmm. or whatever, possessing, or jumping into somebody's dream, and then the next thing you see is this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it could have worked, but they didn't go that way. Uh, I don't really see... I don't see anymore my mm-hmm. on Street happening. Not unless somebody gets wild hair up their ass. You know, they might. They might years later try to reboot it. Maybe Wes Craven tries to do it again. Well, he's dead.
4: Did he die? Oh, he did die. Yeah, deep. he died. Oh yeah. shit! Never mind. Yeah,
1: he had a dream, and uh, he didn't wake up. He didn't wake up. I wish I had Robert Eagle do it. Yeah, he's, he's a d- director. Yeah, because he, he's he, already said he wants Kevin Bacon to play the new Freddy. Yeah, oh, well, he did say that. But if they did it in that deal, where it's like, okay. Freddy Krueger is done. Freddie Krueger is dead. We defeated Freddy Krueger, but you did not defeat the demon, the ancient demon yeah. that was for, that you know made Freddy possible. Why not have that dream demon jump into somebody else? See that would work, and it could be anything, it, or the demon itself could torment you in your dreams by sending someone. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a great idea, and Robert England himself pitched it. So. While I don't see anything Nightmare on Elm Street necessarily coming out, coming out, that's an idea that could work. Yeah, that would that would further that franchise even more. But I think it, I think they've done everything they can do with it. And Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I don't I don't care. Hands down, for, he's the only one. He's can the only, can only play one that it. can play him. He has put the makeup on for charity and done like horror cons and stuff, photo ops. They were very expensive. He was in full makeup. And, like, half of the proceeds went to charity. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. He, ha- he has put it on. He has... But he's also in his 70s now. Yeah, he's not going to be doing a very physical Freddy Krueger. No. But, like, like I said, I could see him introducing it to a new generation and kickstarting a new direction, which would be great. What's like I said, I, I'd like to see Zombie pick it up. I think he could do something with it. But but I think his favorite was probably Halloween. And his Halloweens, I love. Yeah. I don't like the original series aside from part three, which I like for different reasons, but uh, mainly because it's different. I like the first one he did, the second one where his wife was a spirit. I, you know, I didn't mind it. It was it, it, he did a really different retelling of the story. And I kind of enjoyed it because he went back into the childhood trauma of, of Michael. Michael Myers, and he he really he really did a good job of retelling it. But I think he could he could do a Nightmare on Elm Street. But again, it would be difficult to find someone that the audience accepts as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So. Well, this new generation, the younger generation, I think they would find find somebody that would that would work for them. But with us, it would be tough. It'd be very tough. So, I don't know. They could leave it alone. I would be happy. Yeah. If they did a good job, I would accept it. I'd even take another Freddy's Nightmare series. And we're going to talk about that maybe next week. The Freddy's Nightmare series was awesome on TV, uh, but yeah. So, anything you want to say to wrap up this uh, this Nightmare on Elm Street? No, I think we covered pretty quite a bit of good stuff. I think we did, and very iconic uh, in our childhood and growing up. I had a buddy. His name, his last name was Krueger. Really, I did too. His name was Chris Krueger. I said I knew Craig Krueger. Craig. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean. Big part of our childhood, big part of you know. I think why we love horror, yeah, is Freddy, Freddy. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all that uh, all that needs to be said. So we're we're gonna move on, and uh, we'll just say uh, for the retro renegades, pop culture power. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey, and we will see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Welcome to Primetime, time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture
2: Power Hour. If you want to talk to the show, drop us an email, retropowerhour at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.